Hey, hey, hey! Hello, everybody. I hope you're well. Uh, hello, Arnold. Just can you tell me if you can hear me well? I can hear you very well. I was. How texting. are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good. I was uh, promoting actively this space. So I had really? to interrupt myself. Yes. <laughs> okay. Are you, are you pleased? <laughs> I, I'm sure. I sure I am. Um... <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Because it, you're on the other side of the world almost now. Yes. Uh, so did definitely. you sleep? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, yes, because uh, I wanted to be. Uh on top uh, this morning. So yeah, I uh, uh, slept uh, yesterday at around 11 uh, local time. Uh, so it's five here. Brilliant. Um, let's introduce this new GMMVX uh, edition. So welcome everybody uh, for almost uh, a year now. I've been taking my community every Tuesday and Friday in the exciting world of Web3 NFT and cryptocurrencies. And it was time to make this format in English. Uh, and so now it's done. Every Wednesday in the morning at 9 a.m. UTC. And I won't be alone because uh, uh, I am with two great uh, co hosts. First of all, we have Arno, um, ambassador, uh, Hatton Protocol ambassador. Uh, co-founder of Drifters and Web2 and Web3 entrepreneur. Um, Arnaud, I will ask again, how are you today? I'm doing great, my friend. I'm very happy to be there and uh, there's an exciting program today. Oh, uh, by the way, you know, yesterday I slept on your voice. <laughs> Since I was not... <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't able uh, to attend uh, the GMM, the French GMMVX uh, of yesterday that you hosted. And so I wanted to listen to it uh, in replay. And so I put in my AirPods and I slept on it. So uh, congrats for, 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 for yesterday. It was, uh, it was just amazing, uh, uh, at least uh, just before I slept because I did not finish it. it, it was, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe what you're saying is that we can pivot into uh, you know like meditation podcast or uh, getting ASMR? people to sleep yeah exactly so the ASMR in English no I don't know ASMR eh? bon. uh, yes I'm sure we can you, you can with with your voice not maybe not with mine but with yours yes maybe um, so uh, let's uh, dive in the agenda of today again a great program and we already have our guest in the audience so today we'll start by speaking about uh, the multiversix communication and the complaints about it and we will have a little chat about the different uh, events that happened this last day and yeah let's try to make an opinion about it is it that bad or actually is it just a, 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 a new way of doing marketing with teasing and uh, esotericism and enigmas and so on? That's the, the, the first question we will uh, uh, try to answer this morning. After we will receive uh, Mark Pohl, founder and CEO of Ethium. Uh, so Mark, uh, I know you're already here. If you want to say hi, or if you even want to participate in the first topic, please uh, just raise your hand and I will give you the, the mic. 
Um, after we will receive a Solana um, and Solana Mobile engineer, uh, Olivier, uh, that will come and try to explain Solana's breakdown of yesterday. So it will be interesting for all of us. I saw on Twitter, so Multiversex, uh, Cult Boys, uh, just trying to FUD Solana for this breakdown. Uh, and some other just asking, so what the fuck with this... Uh, 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 blockchain it it's been one year it was not uh, uh down and now it happens again for several hours so let's try to understand how and, and what happened exactly even if uh he told me uh yesterday that actually all the reasons are not found out yet so we'll just try to understand what's happening on Solana and why sometimes uh, there's breakdown. And last but not least, I will speak about the builders grumbling. Uh, since we saw this uh, post from Eddie of Beach Network, um, but the truth is many others on backstage are complaining uh, to me, but not only to me. So there too, we'll try to figure out what's uh, uh, behind this. Is it relevant? Because they're like two vision of the thing. Stop complaining and start building. That's the Benny's vision and all the Maxi's vision and the, the other vision is like okay builders are building for years now for months now and nothing happened so if th if things don't change uh within the maybe next six or eight months they will die and so that's what we'll we'll speak all together so let's start this gmmvx uh feel free to like repost comment on the on the on the comment section give your opinion uh without any filter we're here to say what you think what we think sorry and just be assured that the truth is in general in the middle of this discussion okay so feel free to give your opinion uh i am uh sad because Joachim is not here yet uh, so we'll start without him uh, no problem uh, and I will let you know when he can join um, so let's start with the first uh, topic uh, with Arno uh, and of course uh, first of all guys retweet the Twitter space to attract more people because more people means more opinion okay so, uh, first of all, let's speak about the Multiverse 6 communication. So, the context is known by everybody. Uh, we had the known announcement after the countdown. We had the re-announcement about the Bitvavel listing. We have uh, the uh, code challenge with uh, $2,000 for 20 winners. So, $100,000 uh, per winner. We had uh, Benny that decided to block me uh, yesterday. Uh, so these sequences in terms of marketing made the community speak, and including me. I every every everybody knows. But let's uh, just not speak about me for the moment. Arno, 
I will ask your opinion, my brother, about all these sequences on the row. Uh, do you think, uh, what do you, uh, do we, you are a marketing guy also, you know, you're a business guy, but you're also a marketing guy. So what do you think about this? Is it that bad? Or actually, do you see some genius in this marketing? Because some people say this. So, to be honest, to me, this is more um, in the communication realm than marketing realm, even if it, you know, the, 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 there's a blurry line between both. Uh, yesterday on the, on the French edition of uh, GMMVX, we, we had builders, uh, key opinion leaders of the multiverse X community uh, around to talk about marketing, about, you know, what is the goal for a layer one blockchain marketing strategy? So who do you want to target and who do you want to attract? And there was a consensus that was relatively the same that came out after uh, last week's uh, GMMVX on, on Wednesday in English. The multiverse X responsibility, the, the foundation's responsibility is to attract builders. Um, this is how you build use cases on your blockchain and you attract in the end, users. So coming back to your question, I think that um, the communication that was made towards the community with the countdown that we could also call the meltdown now <laughs> um, was a, a big fail. I mean, we, it's fun because last week we, we were talking about it uh, because the, the next day or the, or was it on the same day, last Wednesday in the evening that the, 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 the announcement came out or was it the day after? I don't recall, but we were super excited. And I think the community was overly hyped about this, this countdown. And so this was a communication strategy directly towards the users hyping up people about what was going to come out of this. And um, it was in, in everybody's sense, opinion, poorly uh, planned because it overhyped everybody. And so that the outcome is, the outcome is actually deserving now the, the, the whole point because what has been coming out after yeah, so, sorry, you want to... No, 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 just, just and, and it's true that during our previous GMMVX, I remember that I kept repeating, I kept repeating that I don't have hypothesis about what will occur after the breakdown. Why? Because nothing can justify such uh, a countdown. So even me, I was just saying, okay, whatever would happen, it will not be enough. And actually, uh, well, the answer was uh, nothing happened. <laughs> so, yeah, the, you're uh, right. The, 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 what's, um, what's a, this has become a problem because everybody was expecting something. Some people like, you know, Stefana from Pulsarmoni, she was in, uh, you know, expectation management. If you remember, she was... She was all about it was it's brilliant because it brought the community together. I don't know what we, we can expect. I'm not expecting too much out of it. Okay. 
but the vast majority of people thought that after such a countdown, such a, you know, it was the first time Benjamin did this. So everybody was expecting something special. No, no, not really. Were, no, not really. No, I, I mean the countdown, yes, but uh, yeah, some yeah, he already did in the in the past some uh, like big teasing that uh, uh, made the community uh, uh, a little disappointed, and that's yeah, why. Yeah. But but did he do something where he didn't tweet anything else? For 23 days. No, 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 no. I, I mean, this... Yes. Th no, 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 you're right. This thing was the first. I, I was just speaking about, like, some very, very uh, FOMO marketing uh, with a big uh, wave, uh, with, uh, like, a big announcements coming uh, soon. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, it was not the first. But, yeah, you're right. This uh, exact uh, thing it was, was the first. Uh, can I ask you a question? And I will let you continue. Because it's very interesting because you're so much nuanced than me. And that's why I love you, Arno. Uh, do you think that Benny has caught himself at, at his own game uh, as if he had lit a fire he could not longer control? Yes, 100%. To me, the community, because maybe, you know, the multiverse sex community... Uh, the Multiverse Sex Foundation, when they decided to do this, because I, I hope that Benjamin doesn't decide this kind of, of, of strategy and, uh, and, and execution alone. So when they decided this, I think they didn't expect the community to respond in such a brilliant way. And, and that's why, you know, if, if, if I had to say um, to distribute good points and bad points to multiverse sex in regards of communication and, 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 and marketing, I would say that on the business side of things, they're good. They're good. They're serious. This is why we can, we see um, big corporations starting to work with the, with the blockchain. Um, this is why we see, uh, even if it's small states, uh, Liechtenstein, uh, discussions with Lugano in Switzerland, etc., etc. They're good on this uh, because yeah. they play by the rules, and so that's good. But y yes and yes and no, because for example, the X Money announcement did not uh, had the echo it deserved. We you know, spoke. I, I went. I went to see on on the, yeah. um, the 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 press releases, and actually, you had quite quite a few. You had BFM in France. You had you you, you had various uh, various ones in in crypto. You had Cointelegraph, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You have some of the some of the biggest ones. Maybe you know we just have. Uh, I only have the word in French. Adelitzelgel. You know, uh, people just. You think don't, uh, some uh, préjugé uh, uh, about <laughs> a, a Romanian uh, blockchain? I yeah. don't know. I don't know. But, I don't, know. I don't okay. want to be to be to fall into the conspiracy theory, but. You know, my point was on that side. That's of things, interesting. They're 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 good, um, but on the on the DGen B two C side of things, it's not their strong suit. Um, and that countdown, I mean, if if we're honest about it, until the day of the announcement, it was brilliant. The community was super vocal. So much content was created by the community. It was it was brilliant. If if something at the end had arrived with a big announcement, 
Um, yeah, but it's dystopia. I mean, yeah, but the thing is, uh, do, do, do we have to thank the community? Or do we have to thank the Multiverse 6 team? Uh, what, 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 what did the community, the memes and so on... Uh, um, I, I mean, isn't it too easy to say, uh, okay, guys, uh, what, you, what you did was just uh, crap, but the community made it something great. Um, and also, um, why do you think uh, Benny waited until the last day to reduce this fire by saying there won't be any announcement. He had uh, more than 20 days maybe to try to calm a little the community, but no, uh, he decided uh, uh, to, uh, to, to, to speak privately with, uh, with people. He uh, uh, interacted with the, with the memes. So he increased uh, the hype and he knew that he was doing this. Really like, you know, a child playing with the fire a lot, a lot and after he get burnt and he say hey guys you're just when announcements here guys so that's in my opinion disrespectful and in my opinion all what happened after the fad the critics the builders complaints and so on everything was just revealed because it's not new actually but the countdown was like a catalyzer comment on dit catalyzer bouge pas up was a catalyst a catalyst event yeah that, that, that's my uh hypothesis that yeah, yeah, uh, what do you think I, about this yeah yeah I'm, i completely agree yesterday it was uh it was actually the, the starting point of our discussion with the um, about the, the multiple sex marketing it was the fact that um once the, the 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 end of the countdown occurred suddenly everybody was sweeter you know there was bitterness in everybody's heart and, and shame and shame brother you yeah, know what yeah, i think yeah. we did not speak uh, enough about shame you can't imagine how many uh messages private messages of people that said me you know what I'm defending Multiversics for years from being just a marketing blockchain and so on. But what happened now? I can't defend them anymore. It's too hard to defend them. Uh, it's like even it's even like like for Solana, you know, if they break down just once a year, okay, you can defend. You can say, you know, we have a, a, a millions of transactions. It can happen. We're improving. Okay, imagine there is breakdown every week. Of course, the even the Solana boys will say, okay, it's too hard to defend you. Uh, just to take an analogy with the 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 next topic. So shame. Uh, not only bitterness because EGLD did not pump and so on. We know that uh, the EGLD will not pump just uh, through X. We are not stupid, guys. Okay, but yeah. the shame I think is worse. What do you think about this? Um, I, you know, I think I, I try not to let ego too much into uh, into into my judgment. Um, especially not mixing it with my investment strategy. I think uh, people who get offended by such things um, are people who uh, 
I understand, you know, of course, I, I deep down, I can you feel know it that a bit. the community is feeling in his heart. Uh, they, they, yes, they but you know, I mean, I mean, in, in a few this months, this is web three. <laughs> my, my, in a few months, everything will be forgotten. Uh, this is my, this is my perspective. I think we people who are in web three every day, um, we want it to go much faster, but the truth is, and, and, and I absolutely disagree with you on the Solana thing. I mean, Ethereum don't halt, uh, doesn't halt. I mean, Solana breakdown even once a year is catastrophic. It's a catastrophic message. For whatever reason, I'm interested in discovering what uh, Olivier later on will say to us, of course. And I'm not doing, you know, I'm not bashing uh, Solana. I just think Solana today is the blockchain that has the most eyes on it. It is a blockchain infrastructure. And when it halts, it says to everybody around, blockchain is not ready. Blockchain is not ready for, for, for mainstream, for mass adoption. And the truth is, it is not. So today, Solana is, because of the traction it has on the media, it is like, it is the lighthouse of, of, of the blockchain movement. And I think it's, it's sad because it is a blockchain that, that doesn't work. So to me, what we're talking about uh, you know, it, it, it is, of course, important because marketing and communication is important to any business model. It is important to any serious company. And Multiverse X is a serious company. But I'd rather have our problems than a blockchain that halts. I get it. Uh, I, I actually, We will speak about Solana thing after, but I think you're wrong because Solana is like any other network. It has to be tried and tested and the millions of transactions and every breakdown make it stronger, in my opinion. Uh, that's what happened uh, to, to Internet and all the, the previous technology uh, and even Bitcoin. So, you know, uh, it's not like... I, uh, I don't disagree, uh, my friend. I so absolutely I think, don't disagree. I'm just saying that... In a long-term point of view, I think it will make Solana uh, better and bigger and stronger if, of course, if the Solana Labs uh, fix these things, and I'm sure they will because they have the resources for this and, and because they have uh, the, this experience. Uh, so, but in the long term, it will make it stronger. This marketing sequences that are not the first, actually, uh, will, will, will uh, uh, I'm not sure it will make the network stronger and it will attract uh, more, more people and that's what we, what we need. Um, just, uh, you know what, I will... We will end this. Uh, no, not end. If you have uh, uh, guys, uh, and I will read some comments of you in the Arno. If you want to say a final word, of course you will be able to do it. But uh, for my part, you know what? I would just say that uh, my 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 thought. In a second, I feel sorry for the whole Multiverse Six team, which is doing a monstrous job and has no control over the team's marketing, which is undoubtedly uh, monopolized by Benny and maybe one or two other people. So just to be clear, when I say my opinion about the marketing, it does not say anything about the tech and all the efforts of the, of the Multiverse 6 team. And that's why I'm here and I will stay here and I will keep using, promoting, and loving this blockchain 
Um, and so big shootout to, I will not name people, but I know and I am sure that even within, if, even in the Multiverse 6 team, some people would have done things differently. So let's not put like Multiverse 6 in just one thing, because I know there are different people deciding different things. So yeah, uh, I will read some comments uh, that are interesting. And uh, we'll see. For me, it's the countdown. Uh, if, yeah, that's an interesting point of view from Larry Cover, the best uh, meme maker uh, these last days. For me, if the countdown would have ended with the Liechtenstein announcement and when the sequel being built, which, which was great, except that it came out two days before leaving the community disappointed. He's totally true. I agree. In my opinion, yes. If and that's that's that could have been um, um, a pivot in their communication strategy that they should have made. Uh, yeah. Seeing the hype, but you know what? Should... It was ego, brother. It was no, ego. I, Benny's I, ego. He I wanted to have this is, his this moment. Is a, this is an assumption, but he could have yes. had his moment. <laughs> saying, of course, he, he could have had a, his moment uh, announcing that there's a sequel, but starting the sequel with an announcement. And that would have been, you know, uh, and, and I agree with Larry Covert. They could have announced Liechtenstein, but Liechtenstein is an ex-money announcement. It's not a, just a multiverse X. And, you know, they have entities. Um, and so okay. the X-Money team, they're building their stuff too. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, la also, we have uh, Crypto Jones. Hello, uh, Crypto Jones. I think you are partying right. Just want to add that it's maybe a two-shirt point of view i think that two six months from now with a bigger perspective we'll maybe get uh, get why this event was uh, as big as it was teased yeah that's an, an interesting point of view because uh after the the countdown we had a blog post okay uh and a new sequence okay uh or called uh, light speed uh, thing okay so crypto drones I think you may be right, but it's all about optimizing. I mean, this sequence, if it's that huge, it would have been better to announce it simply like a new sequence, a new uh, uh, name and so on. But why the countdown? <laughs> you know, so you're right. Maybe the light speed operation will be a great thing, but does it really deserve a countdown and all this frustration? I think no. Uh, Yesterday what... we had a, a guy, a Lucid, and I see him in the in the space. Hi, Lucid. He was saying exactly the same thing in okay. in his, the substance. Uh, wait and see. You know, let's not be too. Uh, rushed in our opinions um you build over months years we are right now reviewing after days which is fine but also don't let's not forget that you build things over years um okay um thank you uh, arno for uh, uh your opinion about this uh, we did not speak about the bitvavo reannouncement uh, and 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 the other stuff well there too, you know, when uh, the 
there is such a drama around marketing after this guys think twice before posting something you know that the community now is a fleur de peau comme on dit a fleur de peau yeah, there's bitterness there the 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 knives are out you, actually <laughs> we can say it in, in english a fleur de peau <laughs> it exists <laughs> people say that so yeah please guys uh think twice and uh, let's do it uh maybe tada lunchpad was the crazy thing uh, <laughs> no <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so no 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 because the thing must be new and the lunch pad, uh, the Tala lunch pad was announced uh, on, on November. So, no, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, you, your name is bullshit. So I think you deserve your name. Just kidding, brother. Uh, Apollo Mission. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, someone says uh, Apollo Mission taking off in three, two, one soon. Case study of a failed countdown. Congrats. Okay, so let's keep funny. Let's keep... Uh, uh, being funny, let's keep uh, uh, being uh, friendship all together and uh, let's uh, wish good luck to our lovely blockchain. Um, so now we will start uh, the Marple interview. Uh, so I will invite you to speak. And yeah, so Joachim decided not to come this morning. I think he did not uh, woke up or maybe he had a, uh, an emergency. I hope he's well. Uh, Mark, um, please. Hello, uh, Mark, and welcome on GMMVX. How are you? Hey, hey, guys. How's it going? I'm good. How are you, man? We are very, very, very good. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you listened to the first part of the of the podcast, but uh, maybe before we start uh, our interview, do you have an opinion as a builder about the Multiverse 6 um, uh, marketing and the countdown and so on? How did you live this uh, uh, sequence, you and your community? Yeah, yeah. So I did listen to it and it was quite interesting. Uh, before I go any further, if you have any issues with my mic, please let me know because I did have some no, problems it's, uh, earlier on. Perfect. We can hear you perfectly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Perfect, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel the community sentiment. Uh, I do, definitely, because I spend a lot of time on Twitter and my team does and we are heavily involved in the Multiverse X ecosystem. The countdown was like huge, right? Everyone was talking about it. So I think, you know, sometimes maybe people forget that if you announce something on Twitter, there's actually a lot of people looking at it and maybe you get carried away and maybe this is what happened. Uh, there's two ways to look at it. Maybe it was um, something that was, they, they didn't expect it to blow out to this proportion. Uh, or maybe I think somebody else said it, you know, this, this might be the beginning of a, a huge campaign. Maybe there's going to be a lot more announcements in the next few weeks that, uh we can expect but yeah i think it's maybe just a, a lesson in in marketing right like you you don't overhype things you you know you you set your expectations low and you deliver about that and get everybody so yeah we should all learn from this i guess but at the same time from from our point of view uh, we are we are builders man like and we are we're just building through this uh, we 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 try not to overhype anything that we're doing we just try to deliver and i think that's the main message here is that, you know, we should build on Multiverse X because the tech's really good. 
there is an uh, obvious issue that there is not many users in multiverse x but you know that that's not just only multiverse x this this, this uh, is a common scenario in many other ones uh, but yeah build because you like the tech uh, and enjoy the uh, the, bu the builder experience uh, and then there are different ways now if, if user base is your issue uh, then there's, you know, you don't have to be just building purely on multiverse X, build a, you know, multi-chain or an omni-chain protocol where you can attract users from other chains. So I think every problem has a solution. So yeah, that's just my thought. Okay, thank you uh, for, for, for your opinion, Mark. Well, I can see in the audience, uh, Kostinasta, which I uh, like very much from your team. Uh, and we have also uh, Plata, Hugo, hello Hugo, we have Chikapo, we have many people, uh, we have Rock, uh, big up uh, Rock, uh, we have Adam, um, okay, Adam, uh, please hold on, because we will start Mark Paul interview, and after you will be able to ask any questions you want to Mark Paul, and if it was about uh, Multiverse X marketing, it's too late, brother. Uh, since uh, we uh, <laughs> will uh, <laughs> start the, the, the interview. But don't worry, after Mark Paul interview, we'll have a different other topic. So, yeah. Um, Mark, we want to yeah. get to know you. And so it will happen uh, like uh, every time on GMMVX. First of all, we will have a little moment, uh, just uh, the two of us. Okay. Uh, because I want to, to know you, your background, uh, uh, Ethereum idea, the foundation, and so on. I will ask you a few questions. And after, Arno will take the lead to ask you maybe some more business and, uh, and um, I don't know, ecosystem questions. And after, we will let the community ask that question. So, guys, you can ask your question on the comments, on the chat, on the, on the Twitter space chat. Uh, we will uh, read them for you. But also, you can uh, take the mic, okay, and come and ask uh, directly to Mark, uh, any question you could have. So let's start, uh, Mark. Just uh, uh, li like always, uh, can you uh, ex uh, can you uh, introduce yourself and tell us what was your background, even before entering in 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 Web three? Uh, because I'm sure you did not only do Web three uh, on your career. Yeah, sure. Uh, firstly, thanks for having me, man. I'm a big fan uh, of of the stuff you guys are doing and the community like market like twitter and all the education stuff you're putting out so thanks for having me uh, everybody here you know thanks for joining so yeah my name is uh, mark uh, i've been in i guess uh, tech for about two decades um i'm i'm quite unique but i didn't actually begin my whole tech journey in web3 i spent about two decades in in just standard web2 technology i've begun as a software engineer i moved up the ranks i ended up uh, in engineering leadership, leading teams that build softwares. Um, I'm based here uh, currently um, in Australia. I used to work for the uh, for the Australian government in in software development as well, like uh, effectively building the infrastructure in the data side. So uh, after many years, I obviously got bitten by the whole data uh, sort of industry. Like I, I loved it. Uh, what one specific thing that always really annoyed me was the fact that none of us, you know, we generate so much of data every day and like, like none of this data, we have any access to it or have any say in, you know, what happens with it and it was really bugging me. And initially, Ethereum was just a Web2 platform, actually. It was trying to solve this problem of data ownership using Web2 
technologies. But the real pivot happened is when we kind of said, you know what, this is a Web3 problem to solve. And when I say Web3, I'm just saying that Web3 is about ownership, right? Just like Bitcoin gives you ownership of your, your financial assets, Web3 has all this uh, native tooling like NFTs that gives you ownership of non-fungible assets and you know data is not fungible when you think about it. So it seemed like a natural fit. So we kind of took a pivot. Uh, we had a lot of uh, technology built and we just implemented a Web3 layer in front of it. Uh, and the Web3 layer is what you are all interacting with today. Um, and that's uh, I, I can dive into a bit more at a high level of what ETM does, but that's my story. I'm now you know 100, 110% into blockchain technology specifically. To me, blockchain is just another technology. Um, no different, I guess, to like when cloud technology came out and revolutionized everything. Blockchain is the next uh, next era of this. So when, when we look at blockchain, it's just a tool to solve a problem. And, and the problem is ownership, right? Like okay, but just uh, which, um, yeah. on, on which company, maybe you don't want to say the name, but maybe on which company you worked before yeah, uh, sure. founding Ethereum. That's what we want to, to know. What's your Absolutely. background and so on? Yeah, man. Um, so I began working for MSN, Microsoft Network, where I spent okay. about six years in their social networking team, uh, working on, on products like uh, MSN Messenger. I don't know if you guys remember that really old messaging tool. Um, yeah, and then I've, I've worked in a few other companies like Fox uh, Digital, where I was in, in sort of digital broadcast. And uh, I end, just before Ethereum, I used to work for a company called Health Direct, which is part of the Australian government. Okay, okay, very good. Um, so, um, how and when did you have the idea to launch Ethereum, and was it your idea, or maybe one of a, 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 a co-founder, or maybe it was a team, or tell us the genesis of uh, Ethereum, please. Yeah, I touched on it a little bit, like about five years ago, Ethereum was, was born from, so Ethereum, I don't know if you know, means heart in a, a native language called Tamil, and uh, Ethereum launched as a Web2 platform to allow people to collect cardiovascular health data. So basically data about your heart uh, and then trade it in a web two sort of marketplace. So this was like the genesis of Ethereum, what I guess six years ago. Uh, and then it evolved, it evolved into a few things. It, at one point it was a hardware, hardware platform, which actually there was a sensor that would collect Bluetooth data from, from different health devices. It evolved to a, like a web two cloud platform where you can plug in any sort of health cloud or Fitbit and Strava and all these things into it. So the original version of Ethereum was just a sort of a health data ownership platform in web two. The about two years or three years ago, um, that's when the web three parts start to come into it. Like for example, you collect the data and then what do you do next, right? Like, and it just became obvious the next thing you could do is maybe convert it into an NFT. We call it data NFTs. So that was the next generation. And that's, I guess, when the team uh, formed around the Web3 part of it, uh, took part in a bunch of hackathons. We, we won four hackathons. Uh, then we got some attention. We got some uh, from investors as well as the Multiverse X Foundation. Um, and that's, I guess, the, the, the genesis of ETM in Web3. Okay. Uh, and uh, why 
And how did you choose Multiverse 6 blockchain to build uh, on? Mm. Yeah, that's a great story, man. So like we, when the first product that we built... Where are you from? Yeah, so, so, sorry, just maybe it will help understand. Yeah. Where are you from? Where am I from? Is that... No, I mean, uh, which uh, nationality is uh, Ethereum? Where, where are you guys? Where is the, the company based? We're, we're global, man. We're truly global. So the we got, you know, we're a distributed team, completely decentralized team. I'm based here in Australia, but we got team in Dubai, um, uh, Africa. Yeah, but Middle the headquarters, Romania. Where, where is it based? We've uh, we have a couple of companies. Mainly, I, I would say Middle East, like Dubai, is where we have one one okay. uh, company that's the operating entity. Okay, one of the operating entities. Okay, okay, okay. This is because sometimes the place where you build the company will help choosing the 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 the, the blockchain. Got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we we actually yeah we were building on Polygon and and we built the first version of the data deck okay, on Polygon. Yeah, and it was like no particular reason. It's just that I was a bit of an Ethereum developer, so I started working on Polygon. Uh, but then we took part in a couple of hackathons. Uh, one was the Polygon hackathon. One was the Morales hackathon. And in the Morales hackathon, uh, Elrond was a sponsor, right? And this was like two two plus years ago. This is when they just launched their mainnet. Uh, they sponsored. They were one of the co-sponsors of the Morales hackathon. And you know, we had no idea who Elrond was. But as part of the hackathon, we built our solution on EVM. And the only SDK Elrond had at that time, this was like two plus years ago, was a wallet login where you could just log in and get an ERD address and you couldn't do anything else. So we integrated uh, that as well. And I think that kind of caught the attention of them, even though we didn't do anything like we were like, okay, we, we used it. Um, and yeah, so we, we got, uh, we were one of the winners of that hackathon. And then because we did win it, we got introduced to all the the sponsors, Multiverse X was one. Um, through them, we also met uh, Morningstar Ventures as well, uh, the lead investor who was very close to Multiverse X. Okay. Um, thanks uh, for, for this. So let's uh, dive in uh, um, Ethereum. So um, just to summarize, can you pitch uh, Ethereum in one minute? Yeah. So Ethereum is a data ownership protocol that lets you take ownership of your data and mint them as NFTs. Simply put, man, we're just an NFT infrastructure platform, no different to like an NFT marketplace, but all the NFTs minted and uh, traded and used in the Ethereum ecosystem have real world data attached to it. Therefore, increasing the utility of the NFT, increasing the utility of the data. Um, hopefully okay. that makes uh, sense. Yes, it does. Um, another question is about uh, the different milestones you already achieved. Can you tell us uh, the story of Ethereum from uh, the beginning to now? Uh, oh, sorry, it's the clim. Comment dit la clim? AC. Yeah, AC. AC. Uh, so can you just uh, take 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 your time and explain us uh, from uh, the beginning uh, the foundation of the project, the launchpad? Because I think uh, I remember you 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 had the X uh, launchpad, uh, and uh, after which you build. So take uh, uh, the time you want to explain us 
what you built so far and if we have question uh, Arno and I will interrupt maybe to understand better what you what you did so far okay Yeah, absolutely. And I do actually would love the questions because the questions would help me also. Yeah, yeah, they will, they, they will come. Might not be clear. <laughs> they will come. Cool, man. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So, yeah, we, we launched in, uh, we were the second Launchpad project. At, and uh, we, uh, this was about, I think, a year and a half ago. The first, so as I was saying, Ethereum is, just think of it as a NFT infrastructure uh, platform. And what I mean by that is, there's a marketplace, there's a minting platform, there are uh, integrations that you can integrate with, there's SDKs. The only difference is the NFTs that come out of Ethereum's infrastructure are called data NFTs, and you can attach data to it, right? Now, the first product that we launched was, I guess, what we call the data DEX. Um, it's, it's the portal into Ethereum, and you can log in with your Multiverse X wallet, uh, and then effectively now we are inside this NFT, data NFT infrastructure portal. So you are able to mint data NFTs. This is just like minting another NFT collection. It's got art, it's got um, royalties, it's got supply, it's got all of these things. We support the SFT standard, which is the semi-fungible standard, the NFT standard uh, as well. So you can mint just like you would with any other platform, regular NFTs with your own art. But the difference is, when you mint, you can point it to a real-world data asset. I'll give you an example. If you are a musician and you are producing some original music, this is a real-world data asset, right? So you can actually just point your NFT to this data asset, and then whoever owns this NFT, when you list it or share it with somebody, can get access to your data asset. Now, what's cool about Ethereum is that Unlike, like even with the regular NFTs, you could mint a, a single music song into an NFT. With Ethereum, you can uh, you can you can mint using data streams. We call them, and basically, what that means is the musician can change the playlist at any given time. So the musician might mint a data NFT with five songs, and a week from now they can add another song, and it's like a dynamic sort of stream. So you can you are incentivized to hold this NFT because you can always get new content, right? So this is quite a new way to look at NFTs. So we launched the Data Dex, which lets you mint these collections. Uh, we have our own NFT marketplace called the Data NFT Marketplace, where you can do all the other things you can do with a regular NFT marketplace. You can trade them, you can see the, the flow price, you can get the best offers, you can do all this kind of stuff. Uh, we also have another tool called Ethereum Explorer, which is a tool that you would take your data NFTs to go and visualize the data. So in that example of the musician, you can get your music data NFT, go over to Ethereum Enterprise, and we've got a widget, we call them data widgets, built for this data NFT. If you hold it in your wallet, you just log in and music streams out. So we've got a music player built and you can listen to music. Um, so that's the ATM Explorer that's already on mainnet as well. But the other thing that we've uh, launched is uh, our infrastructure platform. So what this is, is that if we have, S we have got SDKs and, and all these uh, software development kits and all these tools where if you are any other project, so let's say you're building a social media platform and a, a Web3 social media platform and you want to get 
um, some of your users to own their data, right? Take ownership of their data, maybe share it and then trade it with, with, with some organization that wants to give them ads or sell them ads. They could use Ethereum under the hood to create this data ownership layer. So we provide all the SDKs, all the tooling, all the smart contracts, and they just like plug in to, to Ethereum's platform. But ultimately, our goal is uh, we we want to tokenize all data using data NFTs, and then we become this marketplace for data NFTs. That's the ultimate goal of Ethereum. So most of our technology is 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 out. There's a couple of key building blocks we are working on right now. Uh, I think before I Mark, go on, yeah, then yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah. maybe stop there. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm going to take uh, to take over so you can catch your breath. Thanks a lot for uh, you know, <laughs> presenting all the all this brilliant ecosystem of products that you have built and you're 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 building. And you, I want to um, maybe take the conversation a bit away from the the product and and more going to the vision because Ethereum is, uh, in my opinion. Uh, one of the companies that tackles, uh, you know, we can see huge opportunities because of, of the, the creation of blockchain technology. But those massive opportunities, they challenge the status quo. Um, blockchain opens the door for people to own their own money. Uh, we've seen the rise of a, a new financial system that is currently very small. And if you think about it, everybody has been trusting banks for now centuries to have custody of our money. Um, and so it's engraved in who we are. And so to people, it's very hard to imagine owning their own money. Um, the same occurs with you. We are in an era, it's not as old as banks, but we are in an era where data has been created as a new resource by by protocols companies and we have never it never occurred to us that we could own it and um we just give it out like this every day when we when we surf the the web uh when we use social media platforms we we are the product in many yeah. in many products we use and and we don't even care about it because we have never been confronted to the fact that it's you know it's bad i mean as you said yeah. this data is your creation is your resource and it's a digital resource that is very valuable when it's at scale so you yeah. have yeah. pardon me the expression huge balls to tackle this because similar to the, the banking system, um, we can see the, the current fintech companies coming out of Web3 being crushed in Europe by the, the regulatory uh, you know, um, uh, legislation that is put in, in place. Uh, it it costs a, a ton of money to comply. So, so it slows down the innovation and it favors the current banking system. Uh, how do you see this thing unraveling for you? Because it's going yeah. to be the same pushback on your end from the tech giants that are currently owning the data market. Yeah, um, I'm really glad you asked this question, right? Because it changes the the dynamic of the conversation. Because you know we were talking about product and, and and all of that, 
that's great. But like realistically, like you were saying, right? Like how can we push this through into the mainstream when we're going to get pushback from all these big corporations and beasts, right? Now, that example that you used is awesome. The, the example of we are so used to giving our financial assets to banks because they give us a great user experience, right? I can use my ATM, I can walk into the bank, I can get some cash out. But guess what? In 2008, I believe, all that changed when we suddenly realized these banks uh, were, were betting against best betting against us, right? So with the global, with that financial crisis, it immediately became apparent that banks are not on our side. And that was the birth of Bitcoin. Bitcoin was born out of frustration that our financial assets don't belong to us, right? And this was a bottom-up adoption. It came out of nowhere because people got so frustrated and a bunch of really smart tech people put together this protocol that lets you own your financial assets. So there was this, like if you think about banks, we all trusted banks. There was this huge event in the globe, in, in, in the world that took away that trust. And then a new protocol was born called for Bitcoin that lets us own our financial assets. Now with Ethereum, we see this coming too, because we think data is just another asset, just like you know your, your money is your financial asset, data is your asset and it has value when you own it. At some point, there is going to be a, an event in the globe where we're going to suddenly, it's going to hit us that we control none of our data assets. And this event could be in the form of uh, a widespread uh, hack that would affect all the cloud companies, right? Because all our data is stored in centralized repositories in, in like three clouds or four clouds. If there's a single attack on one of these clouds and that spreads and all of a sudden, all of us lose our identity and we lose our credit card details, our, our, our everything, right? Like our identity is gone. This is when I think we'll have that Bitcoin moment for data where we were like, oh, hold on a minute. All of this is my data. Yeah, I but, want but, to but Mark, we, and I we think have this is major what you're like yeah. this in the past. I mean, uh, unless we're talking about a nuclear meltdown where, I don't know, you know, but, but yeah. you can, even with trend centralized uh, storage, you can, uh, you can have big security. And we had, I mean, a few days ago, we had a Binance data leak. Uh, I, I remember yeah. years ago, we had, um, I think it was Sony's cloud or something like that. Uh, the, and, yep. and we had yep. celebrities with sex tapes coming out, etc. It didn't change, yeah. you know, it's like, to us, we've been educated like this. This is this is how we operate. So data leaks are bound to happen. You know, it's like a, a bank heist. You know, they're mm. bound to happen. It's part of the infrastructure. It's almost like today you go, you use Ethereum, you use like Solana Hults. You know, it's it's the regular status. It's we've been residents. You on Ethereum, you get sandwich attack. That's you know, it's how it works. Uh, how do you think mm. you can change the status quo? Yeah. I mean, you raise a good point, right? Like, yeah, there are this. Okay, let's imagine two scenarios. One, there's a global outage of all the data centers and all identity is stolen. That's like a like the craziest scenario, but it could happen. You know what? Like it, it's, it, it's very close to happening with nation state, uh, nation state attacks. But you're right. Like we've, uh, like me personally, I'm here in Australia right now. And like, we have like a hack every other week here, right? And I'm talking about huge, attacks and, and there is a website here you can it's actually a global website you subscribe to it and it tells you if your data is in the in the dark web the i think most people are in this boat right now we know that we are 
you know, there are attacks, our data has been stolen for us. The issue is we don't have a what's next. We don't have like an alternate platform. We don't have, okay, there's this other platform that I could try, right? Now, that's the first thing. The second thing is the user experience, right? Like we have got so comfortable with logging into our Spotify's and our YouTube's and seeing all the content that we love that has basically been trained on our data. And we're gonna find it really hard to detach from that. So it's a very challenging problem to solve, we agree, but the potential is huge because this market doesn't exist. This alternate system of data ownership doesn't exist, just like an alternate system of financial asset ownership didn't exist prior to 2008. So I think, there's going to be a few things that might come together. So I don't have an answer, definite answer to your question, but what I'm, what I'm, the way I look at it and the way we look at it is there will be a few incidents that come together. One is some catastrophe around data identity being stolen. Second, an improvement in user experience with platforms like Ethereum, where it's, if you can build an app like a music player on Ethereum, like a decentralized Spotify on Ethereum, which is relatively same user experience than the real Spotify, but the difference is you get to own your data on one. And then over time, I think we'll start pushing people into this new alternate. And that's kind of what we're trying to set up. We're trying to set up this new infrastructure, this new alternate that you would have. Okay, uh, thank you, uh, Mark. Let's uh, come back to Ethereum before we continue to speak about the, the market uh, and the, 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 the potential of, uh, of, of, the, of this market. Uh, about Ethereum, so let's speak about uh, the different uh, assets. So you uh, have a token. Uh, can you explain us, uh, and there is a comment about it. Uh, I, will, I will read it. Uh, it will be easier. So we're getting close to two years since the Ethereum launchpad ended. Does the Ethereum token have any unique functionality other almost, uh, after almost two years? So let's uh, speak about the Ethereum ecosystem. So you have the utility token. Can you tell us about it? What's uh, the utilities of this uh, token? Sure, yeah. So we got the Ethereum token that's, uh, uh, that's part of our ecosystem. Uh, we've got the data NFTs, right? So there's two things. We've got the fungible token, which is our utility token, and then we've got data NFTs, which represent data assets that are tokenized, right? These are minted by everyone. The, the main role of the ETM token is to uh, attach reputation to the ecosystem. And what do I mean by that is for ETM to like reach its next stage, we at the moment, if you want to mint data NFTs, you need to be whitelisted. And, uh, the, the reason we did this is because there had to be some sort of vetting that happens to understand what kind of data is being minted, because there are a lot of attack ve vectors here that we needed to, to keep an eye on. So you need to be whitelisted. Now, Ethereum token's main utility is going to be when we remove this whitelisting, where it's just an open platform. It's completely uh, open. Anyone can come and mint. But now, how do you... Uh, for example, prove reputation of who's minting. How do you get them to put a stake in the game? Um, and this is through uh, what we are going to be, uh, we're working on right now. Uh, it's through a bonding and staking platform, right? Like where you, if you want to mint, you have to bond. So you, you're basically bonding reputation and then you mint. 
but that on the flip side, you're going to get people who are using your data or, or who really like what you're doing. They can stake on you to, again, show reputation. So what's going to happen here is Ethereum as a token becomes a heavy uh, signaling of reputation in the ecosystem. Now, where uh, that's one. And second is uh, ETM is going to be the utility token for what we call data coalition DAOs. So in what, what this is, is basically if you, let's say you're a PlayStation gamer and you mint your PlayStation data as a data NFT, there might be a thousand other gamers who did the same thing. And let's say you want to pool all this data and then like, you know, sell it as a bulk data set. This is what we call a data coalition DAO. Anyone can set up one of these DAOs. Again, this is something we're, we're working on the contracts right now. And you can attract data, bulk data sets. And again, to prove reputation of the DAO, you've got to stake and bond Ethereum. So Ethereum's main utility, of course, is that it's a uh, reputation signaling system. It's, uh, yeah, it's taking bonding. Uh, I mean, it's also, you can use it in a data decks right now uh, if you want to procure data NFTs, but that's really not the main utility. Okay. Um, so concretely, uh, for two years now, uh, is it possible for a user to use the 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 ethereum platform i saw um a few months ago on coin telegraph an article saying that you were launched on canary net can you tell us about it yeah and uh, for the, the the people on the on the on the audience that maybe don't know ethereum and that would like to know okay how can i uh take the property of my data is it live or if it's not uh, when will it would it will be possible to do it and how uh, concretely yeah so about two months ago we launched the ethereum uh, minting platform so remember i said ethereum is just an nft platform where you can mint nft tokens but attach your data to it so two months ago we launched it in what we call canary net mm -hmm. And, can, can you uh, describe what, what that is means that, is that yeah, yes? oh, thank sure. You. Yeah, so Canarynet is a, uh, a system, um, Polkadot does something similar as well, where they launch in a mainnet environment with real economic value, but they put in place some sort of what we call guardrails, right? Like there's certain things you can't do. So when we launched in uh, Canarynet, the, the main, there's two main things you couldn't do. The first thing, not everyone can mint, so you have to be whitelisted. So there's a form you got to fill. Uh, there's a few questions. We got to make sure that you're actual human and not a bot. Uh, so that was the first thing. So whitelisting. The second big restriction was Ethereum data NFTs were only tradable in Ethereum data NFT marketplace, and this is because we didn't want we didn't understand we didn't quite know all the attack vectors. So we thought maybe people would take it and start flipping it in other marketplaces, rugging it and all this kind of weird stuff, right? So these are the two main guardrails that formed CanaryNet. Uh, just before, I think in December, the last week of December, we dropped the second guardrail, which means you can now trade data NFTs in any marketplace or any ecosystem. And there's only one guardrail left, which is the whitelisting. Now, once we drop that, then we take it out of CanaryNet and it's full full mainnet, full open mainnet, right? Now, the whitelisting part is it's very simple, actually. It's just a, a quick form. If you go to ethereum.io slash get whitelisted, you see the form. And if you're a musician or you're creating some valuable data, you're you know data analyst, on-chain investigator, you, you, if you make memes, right, like you're creating content there, 
come and get whitelisted, right? Like, because we'd love to get more data NFT creators on board. Uh, but yeah, you fill the form, we whitelist you, and you just come and mint. So the whole platform is actually on mainnet. The only thing left now to take it out of this canary net phase is to remove whitelisting, which is what we're working on right now with, I mentioned, uh, with the, the utility of the ATM token, where you can bond and then whitelist yourself and then mint, which is hopefully going to be launched very soon. You have a date or a, some, maybe a quarter or Man, something? Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, I don't want to do another 23-day countdown, but let's, uh, we, it's on, a, our, by the way, our roadmap is public for everyone, so you can go to etm.io slash roadmap, and it is, it is due for this quarter. Okay, 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 great. Uh, b before we continue to speak about uh, the vision and the potential and the obstacles of uh, this market, um, I would like you to uh, explain the different use cases uh, of, uh, of, of your thing. Uh, we have the Andre uh, thing. You know, he made a data NFT around. Uh, yeah. You will explain w w a bit what he did. We have the ex foudre uh, thing. Also, he made some bubble map uh, with uh, some data NFT. So you will be able to explain a bit exactly uh, what is it. And maybe there were other uh, initiatives. Maybe I don't know. And uh, yeah, t can you tell us? Uh, uh, for content creators, for entrepreneurs, uh, for uh, 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 um, normal uh, uh, member of the community or any other use cases can be political or anything. Can you give us some examples of use cases uh, uh, of, of this? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll talk about the existing data NFTs, and then we'll talk about more use cases. So we have uh, Ford Race, good friend of us. He's an on-chain investigator, right? So he looks at on blockchain data, and he creates his amazing visualizations. So this is uh, some effort, right? Like it, we call them active data creators because they put a lot of effort, and they create some original data. So he's minted his collection as a data NFT that's available on our platform. Uh, uh, and then we've uh, we've got Manu, who's a, uh, a musician. Uh, he also he's a, again what we call an active data creator. He's producing music. He's putting in the effort. He's producing original content. You can you can listen to Manu's uh, evolving music by owning his data NFT. I say evolving because he keeps changing the tracks. So like regularly, he pushes new tracks, and then you can get access to these tracks if you hold the data NFT and listen to them. You can, for example, you can open up uh, X Portal Hub. And with one click, you can listen to his music. So it's really cool. Uh, we got Andre. Andre is, uh, most of you would know, he creates some really good sort of uh, insights and infographics and around DeFi ecosystem. So he's submitted his uh, changing do document of uh, tips and tricks in DeFi as a data NFT. Uh, but these are some of the use cases. Now, you'll notice that these are what we call active data creators, right? Because they are producing some original content. So maybe people in the audience, right? Like you guys are producing some original content. Maybe if you are a, a coder, you have produced like a cool algorithm. Or maybe if you're GMVX uh, person, it's a, it's a <laughs> podcast is a content. No, there we go, man. Like you, you're producing a podcast, yes, okay. right? Like maybe Let's you take can. This example. Here's an example. What can man? I do yeah. with GMVX mm. if I want to work with your platform? Yeah. Well, this is yeah, this is great. So 
let's say, I mean, you produce all of these podcasts and you're giving this away for free, right? Like you're inviting people. Participation is great because you're getting a community, but maybe you want to have a premium sort of content where you produce like nudes uh, you, or is, no sorry <laughs> <laughs> like i'm just trying to think maybe you have some premium content man like where you if you were to for example listen to your free content they can subscribe mm -hmm. to your premium content right like you can do that with data nfts where it becomes a gated access to your premium content now uh, a good example also might be man like if like say you're making um, just trying to think. Let's say you are a I'm going to go back to music, but that's not good. But let's say, okay, let's say you're producing uh, video tutorials, right? Like on some topic that you're really good at. Uh, you can produce a bunch of free content, give it away on Twitter, and on your last thread, you could say, hey, you want to support me? Here's a premium thing and you own the start nft and i'll keep updating it and then you can like convert them into your like premium uh, audience now you're probably asking like well, i could probably do this in web 2 why do i need to do this in web 3 well with web 3 you get the retradeability of it because maybe you get one person who gets this premium content they don't want it anymore and they just sell it to somebody else who'd want it so you have this continuous tradeability of your fans right your premium fans that are like moving between each other but yeah if media is great like if you can produce any media always think about this is my free tier media and this is my premium media and you can take a premium media and mint it as a data nft okay um yeah go arno after yeah. we'll speak about uh, the go-to-market strategy uh arno and after joachim that decided to join us this morning he made the foudre thing um <laughs> welcome joachim Good morning. Um, yeah, bit late uh, alarm this morning. Mark, um, I, I have a, a question about your ability to build ambitiously. You are, you know, when we see those big web free funds invest um, and the biggest funds in 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 the world, they invest masses of money in in companies that have. The ability to, you know, address a huge market, uh, disrupt, and create something from scratch. This is exactly what Ethereum is. It, it is a new type of infrastructure. Uh, potentially, you can address a market that is just, you know, eight billion of people. Um, why? Maybe have you have you tried raising that sort of money? Uh, if so, what was your experience? Because I mean. Uh, you are that type of company. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we did race when we did the launch pad. So that was the first round and we've, we've uh, been building using that round, but you're right. It, this is a huge market, right? Because your potential user base is, you know, 8 billion people who could tap into this. The challenge we have and, you know, we're working towards is we, if you if we enable everybody in the world to take ownership of their data as a data nft we will have 8 billion data nfts just imagine that's hypothetically right like you could have multiple per, per person but 8 billion there needs to be somebody on the other end who's going to consume this data nfts right now if you think about it the entire 
consumption, data consumption market is monopolized by a few big corporations. So we are again butting heads with like some really big corporations who have monopolized the data sourcing. So we have done, we are we are attempting data sourcing. We need to find the other end of the spectrum. So we've we have to be pragmatic about this. We can't go and talk to the Googles and the Yahoos and and, and yeah. I don't know, is Yahoo even a thing? But not the Googles and, and tell them <laughs> Uh, and and tell them about this. So we've we've uh, we want to demonstrate traction with user base, right? Like we want users to first come on board. Like not just one or two or three. We want thousands and thousands who are hooked into ATM and just like supplying data. This is kind of one thing that we're we're also very focused on right now. It's moving it from. Uh, at the moment, I was talking about active data creation, where people have to do some effort to produce like a song. Moving into passive. Uh, data creation where you don't have to do anything extra you just uh, and a good example is gaming you let's say you're a gamer and you're playing you know five hours of gaming every day on your playstation you just mint your data nft once connect your playstation account to it and then you passively collect data and feed it into the system right now this is the key if we can achieve this and everyone's passively collecting data and then we bring in our, our data coalition DAOs, which like pool this sort of similar data sets like you know thousands of playstation games pull their data into a data coalition DAO. now it it makes it really interesting because you can't ignore it when you have 1000 active gamers supplying you know data per second it's very attractive to big organizations right they can look at it and like wow i can get data sourced directly from a gamer i can target ads directly at them but the difference here is they cannot just exploit your data they need to get your permission and they need to fairly compensate you to use it so to answer your question again right we have to prove traction of this new model and that traction comes when we have thousands of users hooked in supplying data and then incentivizing apps to be built on top of Ethereum, uh, which might be like a game analytics platform. Then you can just forget about the whole Web3 thing and then we can go after the big you know, Web2 sort of raises and, and, and so on. But we still feel like we had to first solve the uh, mass adoption part, which we're working towards. Uh, but yeah, we're continuing to explore like how does this you know, bridge the narrative from Web, forget about Web3, it should be a web two platform. When you're looking at it from the front, it's just an analytics platform. But the data sourced directly from a from a gamer in that example, uh, and yeah, then it's uh, very much more attractive to to big VCs. Okay, thanks a lot. Yeah, so going back to first of all, hi Mark, uh, it's really exciting to have you here. I'm I've been following, as you know, uh, your solution for quite a while. Um, but yeah. one of the questions I've often asked myself is how do you get exclusivity on the data? How do you convince a company that they shouldn't like sell or distribute data to any third parties other than you, and therefore giving full um, power to the end user? Yeah, um, thanks for the question, man. Yeah, like I really enjoy our chats on Telegram as well. The uh, so to answer your question, exclusivity, right? Like, let's go to the play, the, the gaming example. So you're, let's say you're a PlayStation gamer, you've connected your play, your gaming data to a data NFT. Uh, you have then given the data NFT to a data coalition DAO, which is now looking at selling the data on your, your behalf because 
let's be honest, you, we don't have time to sell our data. We we want to just collect our data and then give it to like a data coalition DAO, which would then sell it on and then take care of my interests. Now, the DAO plays a very important part here, the data coalition DAO. It's actively looking at who's consuming it, the how are they consuming it, are they consuming it within the agreed upon terms, uh, and they can like stop stop the uh, consumption, right? Because we need, someone's got to actively look after your interests and we don't have time for that. Like we have got our own things to do in our life. We don't have to be looking at who's using our data and then stopping people from doing it. So you delegate to this data coalition DAO, which actively looks and curates who's using your data and how. That's the first part, right? So if they see somebody misusing it, they can sever the access to that person by removing the rights of the data NFT. The second part is, of course, you can exit at any time. Let's say you don't like the data coalition DAO, the way they are looking after your best interest. You take your data NFT from that DAO and you give it to another data coalition DAO. And because this is not static data, it's dynamic data. If somebody had access to your data to that point in time, yeah, sure, you can't do anything about this. But once you move it to the next data coalition DAO, they don't get future uh, updates to the data. So it's kind of serves. It's I, I believe it's similar to GDPR, right? Like you can't you can't stop people accessing your data from the past, but you can stop them from doing it in the in the future because it, what happened in the past already happened. Um, so yeah, I hope that kind of makes sense. Absolutely. And would you say then that those DAO coalitions would would they also have, as you were talking about data analysts, etc., would they would there be an interest in them having some data analysts that's, let's say, tailor the data or even like come with graphs, etc., based on the user's information rather than giving just uh, pure data? Absolutely, man. The, the, think of the Data Coalition DAO as an actual, just a normal company. Like it could be a Web2 company that has got data analysts, they've got... Uh, privacy experts, they've got all of these people, even salespeople who can go and sell the data set. And they just have the Data Coalition DAO's infrastructure that's like attracting data to it, right? Yes, absolutely. The first Data Coalition DAO might be the game of the game of Passport DAO where it's got all these thousands of PlayStation gamers data attached to it, but then they, they write their own analytics on top of it and then provide that as a value add. They could be just providing it as a regular SaaS platform, a software as a service platform, where if you pay a subscription, you get access to a thousand gamers data. So yes, think of the Data Coalition DAO as just a normal company that wants to implement a DAO-based mechanism for crowdsourcing data. Great. And as you were saying, with the, like I said, like if you lose access to the data, if it's some form of gatekept by NFTs or other, you lose access to that URL, that renewed URL um, that contains the data. And this is a new standard on MVX uh, that you've created, which we can find on certain EVMs. I'm thinking of Ethereum and Polygon, where we have, um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's, that some of the some of the uh, information is hashed and encrypted in a way that only the owner um, can see it. Do you do you think? Uh, are you planning on making this um, available, like as as a protocol standard, or do you prefer, as of now, keeping it as an Ethereum product? That's a great question. So. Yeah, so the abstraction layer that you're talking about, yes, we we at the moment have it built into Ethereum. So if you're using it, 
the data NFTs that are, are talking to this abstraction layer. Um, but you're right, you know, it doesn't have to be an ETM product or, or a multiverse X blockchain product. It could be a universal product. It could be just a service that even a Web2 company could use to get token gated encryption, as an example, right? Um, so right now, we've, we, uh, we want to improve it a little bit. Like we want to increase sort of the, the decentralization of that abstraction layer. Uh, before we kind of like open out maybe an API or open up a service to it directly so people can use it. In fact, we have an SDK already where you could like talk to that abstraction layer directly. It's just that we are not, we've got a few more things we need to do before we feel like it's ready to like open it out as a separate product maybe. But yeah. Sounds great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. Let's, awesome, let's speak about uh, the future in your go-to-market strategy. So uh, how do you plan to onboard uh, uh, people and to incentivize people to use uh, your platform and to communicate about the importance of protecting and being able to um, control their, 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 their data? Um, do you have uh, competition on this, uh, on this market? Uh, uh, and how uh, do you uh, 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 work with it? So tell us about uh, the next step uh, of the project in the marketing and business uh, terms. Yeah, so the so I, we spoke about this a few times, right? This is a very complex problem to solve. A lot of hurdles, a lot of uh, potential blockers in the web in the web two world who don't want data ownership to go mainstream. So the way we always approached it was we, we knew it was always challenging, but we wanted to make it fun, right? That's kind of the whole angle. If you look at ETM right now, you are listening to music. It's fun, but you actually respecting the artist's music. Like you, the musician owns his data as a data NFT. So it, it made the whole experience of data ownership fun. So we want to, now this is what our main focus is right now. It's like a fun platform. It's an NFT platform. You can come and do all NFT startup stuff with it. But secretly, we're educating you about data ownership, right? So if you look at all the stuff we do with our community. Yeah, I saw, for example, sorry people. to interrupt, but it will be interesting. Yeah, no, I saw on. that you're very active on Instagram. And it's not uh, that uh, frequent on, uh, on Web3 and especially in Multiverse 6. But I, I saw you have an Instagram account and you post regularly on, a, on it, correct? Yeah, yeah. Instagram, LinkedIn, and, and Twitter are our main channels. Like if you look at, we've got an ETM community handle. If you guys go and check that out, we have, uh, we have this uh, whole uh, campaign called Trailblazer, which you can hold a Trailblazer data NFT and take part in like learning about ETM and then get rewarded for your contribution. So. We, so to answer your, question, your previous question, we want to make data ownership fun with fun experience like music and, and, and so on. Second is we want to educate the community about the importance of data ownership, which is what we're doing. But the third and most important one is we have to move ETM from this current sort of active data collection mode where you need to be whitelisted, you need to like do some effort to produce a song as an example, to a passive mode where all you have to do is come in there mint your data NFT. If you're a gamer, mint your gaming data NFT and passively collect data. So that, that way we can now grow the volume of data as well. So educating is one, making it fun is two, 
And three is increasing the volume of data that's going through the ATM infrastructure. That's kind of our, our, our main focus at the moment. Um, and this is yeah, pretty much our, our go-to-market, right? Like to be able to show that this is huge volume of data that's sourced directly from high value users like yourselves that web two companies can just tap into if they want to. They can come and get access to it. AI companies can get access to it. But if they do, you get a share of the deal. And I think that's everybody wins in that scenario. Okay. Uh, you know what, Mark Paul, we forgot about the gift you had for the community, uh, but we still have a few minutes for it. And it will be interesting because it will give you the uh, opportunity to explain uh, what is this uh, uh, NFT that you are offering to the uh, community. So it's uh, Ethereum trailblazer data nft and you're offering one uh, to uh, one of the listeners and to enter it's pretty simple guys just need to retweet uh, the link of the of the twitter space uh, just retweet and i will have a twitter picker uh, in, a, in a few minutes to pick the the winner but first of all can you explain uh, what is this uh, nft uh, and uh, what's uh, what's the use uh, of it yeah, so ETM Trailblazer is the first data NFT that was minted on the ETM platform. And it is what we call a community activation tool, right? So it's a data NFT that you have it in your wallet, just like a regular NFT. You can do whatever you want to do with it, but it's an NFT. You can, uh, if you hold this NFT, you can take part in monthly uh, uh, quests and quizzes that we do. And what's really cool is that the quest and the quizzes are directly sent into the NFT. So you, it's not just like a gated thing where you can go and see something. You'll have to go to a specific platform and the data from within the NFT is open and you can see a live quest happen. So you really don't know what's going to appear there. So you, it's very like uh, very gamified. Uh, but it's it's basically how we activate our community and uh, what we want uh, ETM Trailblazers to be. They, we want them to be our hardcore community members. They are involved in a lot of things we do, a lot of the product stuff we're going to do, they'll be involved with. So yeah, this is, we want to give out one um, data NFT Trailblazer. Uh, feel free to, as you said, distribute it uh, to the way you okay. want. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for it. So if I summarize, it's like uh, like a Zilli that you have some quests and all the 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 the, the success uh, all the points you earn are in the nft or uh, i misunderstood the the uh, yeah it's kind of like zili you can think of it okay. as zili the the quests the quests and the competitions and uh, and the events that are part of the monthly sort of quest overarching quest appear inside the nft so and then you can see the leaderboard within the nft you can do all of okay. that so you need to hold That's the nft to see all the yeah, yeah. Uh, Joachim, maybe it can be useful for you. What do you think? <laughs> what, what, what are you saying that? <laughs> I can't answer this question. <laughs> but I think it can be interesting for you, no? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been following the, the solutions uh, Mark and his team have been uh, developing. And uh, I've, I've tried to trailblaze and everything. And I'm honestly quite impressed by what they've done and the way they're interacting with uh, the users to, um, well, gamify uh, data collection. Oh, 
Okay, sounds good. Uh, okay, thank you uh, very much, uh, Marek. Uh, thank you, Arno and Joachim, for uh, hosting this interview with you. Uh, Mark, I let you the final word. Uh, and thank you again for coming this morning. It was very interesting, and I hope the audience now understands uh, better what is Ethereum, what you do, and what you want to do in the in the future. I let you the final word. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. This was real fun. I love the questions. Really good questions. Um, yeah, so keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job educating the community and keeping this sort of interaction going. So. Thank you, everyone, for having me. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much again. Uh, let's uh, uh, do the uh, the giveaway. I will pick the winner. So no condition. Just uh, just to retweet uh, uh, the 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 link of the of the space. Let's go. And the winner is no. We're not. We don't have enough participants. Uh, we only have eleven uh retweets so, so let's try again and if it doesn't work with twitter Pricker, it's okay i will use chat gpt later to pick one of the people that retweeted oh yeah i have a winner it's okay it's uh yonut.egld i will post it and uh i will uh, mark um, I will send you the ERD address of the winner so you can send the NFT when you have a moment. Okay? Sounds good. Congratulations. Have a very good day. And you know, you're always welcome on GMMVX if you want to say hi or just uh, to uh, give us some news about uh, Ethereum. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Thank you, my friend. Uh, so, uh, let's uh, go to the next topic, and I would like to introduce my very new and very good friend, Olivier from Solana. Hello, Olivier. How are you? Edram, how are you? I am very good. Uh, Long time I... no see, Olivier. <laughs> yeah, long time no see. I wish I wish I was back for you know other reasons, but uh, shit. shit uh, you wanted some knives last week. <laughs> yeah, of some uh, yeah. Uh, so to introduce Olivier, Olivier is uh, French, uh, and so that's why we we met uh, for the French GMMVX, uh, on which he will uh, uh, come sometimes to speak about Solana news. Uh, and uh, yesterday, I think, yeah, it was yesterday or the day mm -hmm. before, yeah. I don't remember. I sent you a message, Olivier, uh, asking for you to come in uh, the English uh, GMMVX to explain, uh, as far as you know, of course, uh, uh, what happened uh, yesterday on Solana with the breakdown. And you said yes, and thank you for this. Just to sum up, Olivier, you are engineer at Solana Labs and Solana Mobile. Mobile. Yep. That's yeah. right. So maybe before we speak about exactly what happened yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, as I said, we maybe we don't have the full uh, uh, vision of what happened, but you will tell us uh, what you uh, already know. Can you explain us um, why 
sometimes Solana is breaking down. Uh, I know there is a technical reason. So can you explain us why? And I will let, of course, uh, Arno and Joachim maybe challenge you uh, with this point. Yeah. And after, we'll speak about what happened yesterday. Is it okay for you? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Thanks. So I guess I Thanks. guess that's more the first point is more of a general question of why Solana failed in the past. Uh, I guess it's because we, uh, as as a blockchain, uh, were kind of the first to go after that design principle of going like full performance, the closest possible as as what the machine can do uh, on pretty uh, pretty good specific uh, specifications. You know, pretty good hardware. Uh, and and the the first the origin uh, validator was kind of uh, and still experimental. So that's why we call it mainnet beta as well. It's because we still think of it as something experimental. Um, it's been worked on by one team only, um, and so as such, it's uh, even if it's open source. It's not uh, as robust or as reliable as uh, Ethereum, for instance, which has multiple validator clients and stuff like that. So um, the fact that it's being innovated on uh, all the time, most of the time, was the was the cause for for these issues. Uh, that said, other networks have been innovating uh, at the same time, so that's that's not the only reason. Uh, but but Solana, yeah, it's kind of a plate that that follows Solana. If we compare with other uh, high performance uh, monolithic networks um, like Aptos or Sui, they also they also um, experienced some halts last year. Uh, so I would say that as soon as you reach some kind of like scale uh, system computing, especially decentralized distributed. Uh, system computing is really hard. There are a lot of variables that you don't think about. And so in the past, Solana broke for various reasons. It was either the network or then it was the consensus or the runtime. Uh, there, are, there are various points of failures that can happen when you reach a certain scale. And I think it's fair to say that only a few blockchain in non-benchmark uh, environments have reached that scale. And so it's it's a different world where you have like a control network like DevNet and TestNet. And when you reach a certain scale in production where you have like, you know, nodes in US, Europe, Asia, whatever, all talking together, uh, that's, that's a different beast altogether. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll talk also about the incident of yesterday and, and what's the mitigations we are thinking about in the future that were already in the plan, but yeah. Uh, Olivier, okay. I, I'm 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 no tech, so it's going to be very hard for me to you know challenge tech wise. Okay. Uh, what what I know is that, for example, um, Sui has less users than a, a monolithic blockchain like Multiverse X, for example. And mm -hmm. Multiverse X has never halted since. Please, guys, uh, can you explain what is? Can you explain what is monolithic? Instead of uh, you know the blockchain with different uh, layers and different, so, uh, yeah. can you Monolithic, explain, please? I uh, maybe Olivier, you can explain it. You're the tech. You yeah. have the better job than no me. No worries. Uh, so I think monolithic versus modular is what we call uh, the two big differences in uh, blockchain right now. So monolithic, you have only one 
network. So all the transactions are pushed to one ledger, uh, one book, if you may. Um, and, and that's it. So uh, all the protocols, all the dApps, all the programs, smart contract, they all commit to the same chain. Uh, when we talk about modular chains, and I think sharding may apply or may, may not. I don't know. It's, it's actually a good question, but modular, uh, modular blockchains are usually seen as having multiple networks, so multiple chains, multiple ledgers working in combination together. And so a good example of that is Ethereum with its L2s, where each L2 is actually committing a, a hash per block. So they have like, let's say, 100 transactions, and they're just going to commit the hash to Ethereum and so uh, of that block. And so they, it, it's a shared resource. Ethereum is, is seen as a shared resource here between L2s. And uh, that's seen as a modular arch architecture of blockchain. So uh, it has both both approaches have various uh, pros and cons. I would I would say, uh, notably in the uh, finality of blocks, which uh, is usually lower. So it's it's faster on monolithic to to reach finality than it is on modular networks, because it takes time for actually. Uh, a block to form first on the L2 and then be committed to the other network, the L1. Um, and sharding might be a bit similar in, the, in that sense that each shard at some point has to uh, commit to a global state. So, you know, things might happen in the shard and then at some point uh, all, all the states are going to be globalized and merged together. So we could see it as, as a modular architecture, even if it's, I would say it's a hybrid uh, personally, I see it as a hybrid system, but but yeah, that's basically what what's the difference there. Thank you for the for the precision. And so, Arno, what was your question? Sorry if I interrupted you, but now it's clear for everyone. No, I I, I have I have no question. I'm just um, I'm just wondering: is this a matter of users uh, number of users and 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 load on the infrastructure um this is really what's causing all the outages uh to in your opinion so, uh, in so, solana so, in sui and aptos so some some have been in solana i don't think sui and aptos so sui and aptos they haven't released um it's not a big critic but they haven't released a good post-mortem so actually i haven't looked at the reasons for their heart uh, in 2023 i don't think it was scale so because to your point i don't think there were like a ton of users on these chains so for solana it was half and half so in the early days of the network uh yes some some scale issues happened notably on the network side where it was ddosed at some point so many many requests came to the nodes and they couldn't process fast enough and so uh, you have mitigations for that, of course, but uh, that's things we, we haven't anticipated in the past. I think Ethereum was also DDoS, you know, uh, I think it was in 2016, uh, 17, I forgot, but uh, it was DDoS as well. So uh, yes, with scale, you reach some problems that you are not expecting. And there are so many components in a blockchain. It's not just, you know, adding blocks. <laughs> Uh, one after the other. It's like a whole um, sets of engineering challenges, actually. And so one piece might fail that you didn't expect. And so network usually is 
considered reliable. Um, but but you can see that with scale, it's actually you need to implement better network protocols uh, and even sometimes tweak some very famous protocols uh, to better map the usage of blockchains and stuff like that. I hope it answers your, your question. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Olivier. Uh, we have uh, Adam. Hello, Adam. Welcome. How are you? Hello, hello. Uh, I originally requested uh, the mic when you were talking about the entire Penny countdown staff. <laughs> But it was at the end of the sequence. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I, I'm gonna we'll talk in the next we'll in the next page. No, 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 no. Stay with us. We will speak again after uh, the Solana part with Olivier because Olivier mm. need to uh, leave at uh, uh, at twelve uh, yes. CT. So, do you have a question about Solana? Uh, is it back up and running? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, no, uh, I'm going to also leave uh, because I need to join a meeting. But uh, hi, everyone. Let's fucking go. Uh, all the best to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Adam, for good vibes. Enjoy your day. Cheers, um, cheers. So we have uh, Joachim. Yeah, so as you said, like um, issues may arise as a blockchain scales. And you could say that a block uh, a blockchain that hasn't uh, been test stress tested in real cases not like lab scenarios can't really know how scalable it is until it actually reaches um, mm -hmm. natural scale but the last outage was now a while ago as we saw there was a newspaper who said that it's been a full year since there hasn't been an outage on solana for, for that Almost. yeah for, yeah, yeah. Uh, so close um yeah. but so would you say that with each um, pulse, obviously there's new, I don't want to say bugs, but new issues that are discovered and that probably get uh, fixed. So would, would if you had to say in how long of a time frame would you think for Solana to be able to scale until like what you think is enough um, yeah. without having any issues? Like, do, like if you had to make an internal roadmap in a way and like, we want to make sure from this year and on, there's never going to be a single outage on Solana. Yeah, uh, that's that's a really good question. Uh, and actually, uh, answer is yes and no, uh, because the issue is that the roadmap contains some plans to mitigate uh, these issues and improve reli reliability, but also contains innovations that are outside of reliability and are focused on performance or runtime improvements, new features. I talked last week about uh, token extensions and that 117 needed uh, some uh, new features to uh, to create ZK proofs and stuff like that. So that's just uh, an example of new features that happen at the runtime level and, and that are outside of the... Oh, Olivier, we can't hear you. Is it just me? No, we lost we him. Hear. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, Olivier, I will write you in private to disconnect and reconnect. I wanted to make a bad joke, but I will. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 that's why he left. He, he heard you breathe in to talk, and he's just like, nope, I'm not answering Arno. No, I, I think I think the the joke was. Uh... 
<laughs> he has a breakdown like Solana. <laughs> is that this, Erno? Yeah. <laughs> I think you can. You know, Olivier is very funny. So he will not uh, take it as an offense. Uh, <laughs> okay, I hope he will come back soon. Um, now, soon is our thing, Jan. Okay, yeah, you can't true. take everything from us. Okay, I'm so is Solana and soon is multiple. <laughs> I'm so cross chain. Um, Olivier, yeah, you had a breakdown as well. It's okay. I heard, I heard the joke, by the way, it was good. Uh, I just, I just couldn't speak anymore. It's, uh, my, uh, yeah, my AirPods just went off. I think I need to charge them. But anyway, um, so, uh, we were saying, uh, about reliability. Where, where, where did it stop the audio? Oh, uh, can you, uh, ask, uh, again, the, the question maybe, uh, I don't know who asked you the question. It was me? No, it was not me. It was Joachim, yeah. Yeah, Joachim, can you uh, ask again the the question? It will help Olivier to uh, answer again. Yeah, sorry. It was like, as you were saying, well, part of the answer was that you're implementing new features that obviously bring a a few unknowns. But if there is kind of like an internal agreement on when um, the blockchain should be like 100% stable, I am never old. I obviously like... No one wanted yeah. to halt, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, that's that's uh, that's what I was saying. Like, there's there's a, the roadmap is full of innovation, and some might concern reliability, performance, but some might just be new features. Um, so, just specifically about the long term vision and when we think it will be much more stable, uh, we have the same roadmap as Ethereum actually, which is not surprising because Ethereum is a model in terms of uh, resilience. I think the, the two first uh, issues they had was, were, like I mentioned, in 2016 and then 2017. Uh, so 2016 was a DDoS, 2017 was a hard fork because of uh, an exploit on the DAO. Uh, but in both cases, the, the chain was halted. Never happened since then because they quickly went on to having multiple validator, validator clients. So the validator client is the main uh software that runs the blockchain uh it's what you run on nodes right and 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 having multiple implementation especially done by multiple teams in the ecosystem it's even better if they're open source and stuff make the network much more resilient because you essentially have multiple implementation of the same protocol the same specifications and so if one fail uh and hopefully these these clients will have like shared stake uh within the network uh, so you can imagine having three or four clients. So three clients, the ideal situation is having 33% on each uh, validator. Uh, four clients having about 25%. So if one fail, if one implementation fail, then you still have the three, the two or three others to still run the network. No fork is going to happen because they still have the majority of the stake. Uh, so 66% or more. And uh, and things were normally. And so the, the clients that fails actually has the time to fix the issue and then, you know, update and restart. So that, that's what actually happened this week, just this week. Uh, one client on Ethereum, uh, Nether, Nethermind, I think it's called, uh, failed. Uh, it stopped completely. Uh, and it has, it had, I think, 10% of the stake. 
So if, if Ethereum didn't have like three or four other clients, uh, it could have happened uh, the same shit, you know. Uh, so that that's definitely part of the roadmap. So yesterday, uh, I think Guru actually uh, marked me on a on a thread with uh, someone from Coin Academy that was saying so there was a little misconception there, but that was saying that Fire Dancer, the new client that is worked on being worked on by uh, the Jump team, will because it will improve performance, then it will improve reliability. Uh, these two things are not always uh you know connected and as we've seen yesterday maybe uh, after that i can go into the specifics of the, the issue but we've seen yesterday that it wasn't a performance issue it was it was a bug and so um the performance that brings fire dancer is not the reason why we are saying that fire dancer will improve reliability it's just because fire dancer was remade from scratch it's written in c plus instead of rust for the the, the native client that Solana Labs has been working on. And so it's a rewrite from the scratch and it will re-implement the Solana protocol, the Solana specifications. So hopefully uh, in the future, we can have like two or three clients that share stakes. And if one fails, and it's possible, even, even the Fire Dancer might fail because there's an issue in, they're going to innovate as well uh, in okay. parallel. And so, you know, things might happen, but that's, that's the roadmap, basically the long-term roadmap. Thank you uh, uh, for this uh, complete uh, answer. Uh, let's uh, dive in uh, what happened yesterday. And after I will let, uh, I saw your hands uh, guys, but we need to focus on what happened okay, super, yesterday. Super what, quick what, which super uh, quick. are information do we have uh, now? Yeah, well, so we don't have all the full analysis. So what I'm going to say is only public. And I think mm -hmm. uh, the core team is supposed to publish their analysis uh, today, tomorrow. It takes usually a few days, but we'll see. So 10 a.m. yesterday, uh, the outage started. Complete out of block production. Uh, it, one thing to mention, Solana prioritizes security versus lightness. So we don't skip blocks. We if, if there is a block that is not final uh, and there is a fork, the, 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 the chain stops. So that's, that's a different uh, also design than other chains, uh, something to know. But so 10 a.m. outage, 11 a.m. a fix was published uh, on the GitHub, the official uh, Solana GitHub. And 3 p.m. the network was restarted because it took, so it took four hours for the, nodes the validators to restart there's quite a bit of nodes actually so we often i mean one of the third is that solana is not decentralized blah 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 but actually three about three thousand nodes is it takes a while to synchronize all of the people that run these nodes to update their client and then to restart and so it took four hours to come back to 80 percent of the stake available um so the origin of the bug was from uh, what we call BPF. So BPF is, is the runtime of uh, Solana. BPF stands for Berkeley Package Filter. It's just see it as a, an execution environment. So it loads, it takes on-chain programs. And when I say program, again, uh, program and smart contract are the same thing on Solana. We call, we call programs uh, smart contracts. Uh, or smart contracts programs on Solana. So what it takes is uh, these on-chain programs are loaded with BPF and then executed with BPF as well. It's open source BPF. Uh, it was re-implemented for Solana, but it changes all the time. So like I mentioned, ZK proofs is something that is run by BPF, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, so yesterday, so actually we have to go back to one week ago because one week ago, uh, I don't know if you heard, but DevNet, which is the very thin layer that you can, there's only a few machines that work on DevNet. Uh, you can test your programs against it, etc. But it's it's uh, it's very isolated. Uh, but it had the same issue one week ago. So someone found an instruction that made the BPF fail pretty bad. Um, and so the core team fixed it in DevNet. So one week ago, it took one day to find a fix. Then it was tested in DevNet, TestNet for five or six days. And unfortunately, it was waiting for one, one two days to be released in pod. The problem is yesterday morning, night, uh, the same instruction that was run in DevNet was run against pod without anyone noticing or warning Solana about it. So the, it's unfortunate because there are uh, most blockchains have bounty programs for this kind of stuff. So if someone finds an issue with an instruction on DevNet, Testnet, or whatever, like we actually pay uh, people to find these bugs. Uh, I know Ethereum has like 250k bug bounties on any issue that is found with Solidity or whatever. I don't know how much we pay, but that's that's also something we do. Uh, just because it's it's it goes with like the kind of you know engineers are trying to also push the web free narrative forward and not fight against each other. But in this case, someone found the bug, ran it against DevNet, ran it against Pod, and it failed. So um, the, that's why also yesterday the fix was kind of quick to uh, go to Pod is because it was already available. Um, but yeah, it's still five hours of Voltage. Uh, my sentiment, to be transparent, I know on, on CD, some people are like, hey, we're still processing more transactions than all the other networks, even if we allotted five hours, whatever. Uh, that's that's not accounting for all the leverage lost, the movement of funds that were maybe needed, all that. So uh, my sentiment is shared internally with Solana is that it's bad. You know, it's uh, let's be transparent. It's not great. Um, and and reliability had became a focus in 2023, uh, so it's it's not cool for sure. Uh, but but we have a like like we said before, we had a we had a roadmap to 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 improve that. It's just uh, it's going to take time to have multiple clients. Hopefully by let's see maybe end of the year, uh, the Fire Dancer client will be ready, but we don't know yet. And also a second client is probably not enough. We probably need to reach like three or four clients to be a bit more comfortable with reliability and all that. But that's what happened yesterday. Um, and uh, to your question, Joachim, might it happen again? Yes, probably, because the thing to be realistic, like we have only one client running in pod today. And uh, as soon as someone found a bug, and doesn't communicate about it and and things like that can happen uh it might happen again for sure uh hopefully you know as as we go more and more bugs are fixed and so less and less uh critical failures can happen uh but it's still a risk that is that is present for sure um i i would um go, go on so um first of all I think that the way you take ownership, you and the Solana team on this, um, is is great. Uh, you know, there's uh, I know I'm sure you know this saying in tech that if you don't break things, you don't go fast enough. Yeah. Uh, 
there's it's it's a good thing that it happens just now it also reminds us that we are also uh, very young in the building of uh, blockchain infrastructure and that you guys um at 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 Solana are most likely innovating on 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 various ways to um to push the infrastructure so that in the future we can have a global adoption uh, my question quick question for you is mm -hmm. um uh, how far are we from this point where you know um the the, the blockchain infrastructure uh, is ready to onboard a massive scale of uh, companies, users. If so, you had yeah. to ballpark a number yeah. of uh, months, years. That's, uh, that's a good question. And I think that's true for many blockchains. And because uh, I think like Joachim mentioned, like they haven't really been stress test for real. Um, <clears throat> so, and for various reasons. So if we take modular blockchains uh, like Ethereum, L2s haven't been uh, stress test enough and I think they are not decentralized enough. If we take monolithic uh, blockchains like Solana, Aptos, Sui, uh, they haven't been stress test enough as well and, and they've known some issues like yesterday. So uh, I would say definitely still a few years away from being really stable and really I think so it's interesting because they're all going to the same point uh, with various um, ways to improve performance, reliability, um, you know, block space, all that. Uh, and, and they take different routes, but the end goal is the same. So um, I, I think for, for these various reasons, we're still like at least one, two years away from reaching a point where we can call these like ready for uh mass adoption um but but it's 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 not that far to be honest like fire dancer for instance for solana is uh, available in testnet so it's already been tested uh so prod should follow hopefully by the end of the year uh i know ethereum and l2s have been more and more decentralized polygon has, has actually published some very good zk libraries to to uh, allow interoperability between L2s. So you can transfer kind of a, a wormhole, but between L2s and stuff like that. So, you know, these things are gonna are gonna be ready for both for developers, but also both for, for users. Um, and they're, they're gonna come soon. Uh, and I, I think that's gonna be also, hopefully, you know, the next bull run is gonna be also from these capabilities that, that are enabled by uh, these improvements. So we'll have the next, and, and again, like networks, I think you said it right. Networks are infrastructure for dApps to be built on. And and I hope that these improvements, uh, all blockchains included, will bring the next dApp that is like mass adopted, uh, being forecaster or, you know, being like payments processing as well. I know there's GetCode that is pretty famous. Uh, I know some some apps also have been running pretty well in in Africa for for micro payments and stuff like that that are based on uh, one or multiple blockchains. So these these kind of usages, I think I think are going to be essential to democratize blockchains. But yeah, probably one two years until we can say okay, we have you know the infrastructure ready to accommodate these DApps mass adoption. Uh, that that's my my guess. Okay, um, Olivier, do you have a minute for a last question for sure. Joachim? Yeah. yeah, sure. 
Okay, go, uh, Joachim. Yeah, I, I changed my question on the way after uh, Arnos and uh, what you've been discussing. Because it is, um, if we compare to Multiverse X, Multiverse X is now um, promoting and getting ready to launch the Sovereign Shards. Um, while Solana, as as far as I'm aware of, is focusing on a one single blockchain. Is there any plans on like developing because that that also comes with adoption and trust testing and as you said multiple clients is there any uh, plans on creating let's say like independent blockchains for um let's say private companies to use externally from solana or is solana fully focusing on one singular blockchain where everything is running on it yeah, so right now the focus has been, and it's, uh, as far as I know, it's, it's still the case. Uh, we're still focusing on that monolithic as close as possible as, I mean, it's a marketing speech, but it's, uh, they like to say as close as the light speed, uh, you know, uh, in terms of processing transactions and stuff. That's, that's the light that's, speed. We know that word. Yeah, light right. Speed. It's light our speed. name. That sounds, that sounds cool. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's the, that was the thesis at the launch of Solana and that still remains the same. That doesn't mean that we cannot accommodate companies that want privacy, for instance. So the example of token extensions with confidentiality is an example of how you can use a monolithic chain, but still have some confidentiality without running your, you know, your subnet or, or whatever, like a permissionless, uh, a permission, sorry, uh, chain. Uh, that syncs with the public chain. Um, so there are, again, like pros and cons with each approach, I think. Um, and and I, I talked with Jerem about that, the first one-on-one -on -one we got. I think, personally, that as an engineer, I see blockchains having different usages in the future. So like I said, like modular and monolithic finality might, or global state might be different. And so you can see uh, Multiverse X, and I think the, the push of Multiverse, multiverse X towards, uh, well, the Multiverse gaming and stuff like that is good because in gaming you have, when you have 3 million people playing, uh, you know, Call of Duty or whatever, it's not one server containing 3 million people. It's 3,000 servers containing 1,000 people or even less. Uh, and so if you have a sharding that is performance, each child can be linked to a server, a gaming server. And so in that, in that case, you don't care about accounts being locked. You don't care about the global states because the global state at the end of the game can be consolidated into, into one. And so that's fine. And the user will benefit from having like faster shards because you don't need, you know, for, for a thousand users on the server, you don't need 3000 nodes. That's overkill. That's over decentralized. And so sharding is a very good usage of that. At the opposite state, like monolithic is as usually like a very good finality time. And so for payments, uh, payments are, you know, global. So if I have my visa card in my hand, I can pay in the product in France, but I can pay in the US as well with the same card. And so because you don't want double spend, which is one of the big thing that blockchain solves, uh, I think monolithic networks will have a good chance of capturing payments, uh, worldwide payments and stuff like that, because the finality and the state is global. Um, so you see, you see, like there are different. I think in the future we'll we'll all reach the same point, which is like have scalable, reliable infrastructure, but the usages will make of it are going to be different. And 
hopefully we won't see the same competition and the same fight between chains as well. Uh, that's my hope as an engineer, at least. Joachim, is it okay for you? Yes, no, no, I, I really like the, um, the explanation and vision shared. And it's great to see that several blockchains, because as, as Olivier is saying, like, the, the importance is the benefit of decentralization, uh, no matter which blockchain it is on. We, we, we pick our favorite and we, we pick like what we think is going to be the winning horse. But in the end, um, for humanity to talk broadly, uh, just the success of blockchain to be sta stable and uh, and su sufficiently distributed and quick is the end goal. So seeing that different um, blockchains are going for different strategies is reassuring in a way. Because if if we, we're all going in the same tunnel and we end up at a tunnel exactly closed in the end, it would take even more years uh, before we reach something that is really ready for mass adoption. Okay, we have a comment. Uh... Uh, from uh, Ex Foudre, uh, who's saying in reality, blockchain and consensus is already overkill to avoid uh, double spending. Do you want to answer, Olivier, before we uh, uh, close this uh, uh, part? Um, so, yes and no. I, I think Bitcoin, the original design was to like it was designed to go after the ball, the ball spending and, and stuff like that. I think with proof of stake, it evolved into something and smart contracts, especially with Ethereum, it evolved into something like blockchains became programmable. And so you <clears throat> you don't only run like, you know, payments or stuff like that. Uh, you run programs, you, of course, there's movements of tokens, assets, NFTs, whatever, but some are worth zero. Uh, so double spending is, is still an issue that blockchains are, are solving. Um, it's, yeah, but then again, yeah, I, I agree that decentraliz too much decentralization is also not the point. It's like you want to be just right decentralized for your applications. Uh, because it's, it's not worth, and it's not, even if we think about ecology and whatever, right? Uh, it's not right to have like 3,000 nodes running for 1,000 users, for instance. That, that's not correct. That doesn't sound good, um, even if the network is super optimized, all that. So, um, you know, there's, there's always a good balance between enough decentralization and, and enough performance, reliability of that. Okay, thank you uh, very much, Olivier, for coming this morning. Thank uh, you. It's always uh, a pleasure. Yeah, same. Uh, I need to go, but yeah, uh, I think we'll see each other mid-February or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Enjoy Thanks, your Olivier. day. See ya. Good luck for everything. Bye. Okay, um, so let's now speak about the builders anger despair grumbling fatigue anyway and the the discussion will be about this and uh we'll try to figure out if it's uh real and after if it's uh justified because these are two different questions and i will start by saying that I've been involving in Multiverse X ecosystem for two years now, 
I think I know pretty much uh, every builder here, French ones, but not only. And I speak with them every single day. Um, they come to my DM and to my uh, uh, private messages to tell me what they feel, to tell me what they think. And of course, for two years, I never, never uh, uh, said what they tell me. Uh, it's like an agreement. They can ask me anything. They can uh, confess everything. And I will never uh, uh, tell publicly what they say, especially by saying their name. And I will not this morning, of course. Um, I had never received that many messages uh, that th these last days, and especially after the countdown. I received dozens of messages of builders. Uh, some of them are big in the ecosystem. And of course, they cannot speak publicly for two reasons, two main reasons. First of all, because they are afraid. Uh, because if you publicly, on Twitter, for example, say that you critique or you reproach the foundation for their marketing or uh, business strategy or anything we spoke before, uh, you risk, of course, not to be able to uh, get anything from the team uh, from now on. Can be contact with the uh, VCs, contact uh, with the tech team, uh, can be just uh, documentation about something. So it's not um, easy for them. Uh, I also received uh, messages from builders that are uh, afraid. They're just not reproaching, but also they are afraid. Many builders told me that if things are not changing within between six and eight months, they won't be here anymore. They will die. Um, some of them told me about their reflection of changing blockchain, migrating their assets and their technology to another blockchain. Why? Of course, EVMs uh, are maybe easier uh, if you want to raise funds. But also, uh, on other blockchains, you have more users, more volume, uh, more uh, developers, and so on. So, uh, these things I'm talking to you, of course, you just have to trust me because I will not tell you the name of these guys. Uh, and uh, trust me, if I'm telling you this and if I tweet about this this last day, it's just, just for buzz. I mean, I don't care and I don't need that. On the contrary, I mean, I think I it would be easier for me not to say all these things uh, to be uh, very close to the core team and to be able to invite them in my Twitter spaces and I would reach even more people, more reach, 
and potentially more revenue and so on. So trust me, I don't earn anything about this. Um, so the discussion now is about the complaint of the builders and their uh, fear not to be there uh, in the upcoming uh, month if nothing changed in terms of adoption. Um, and I would like, uh, th this is my, and I see on the comment, my friend Bitman saying, talking about someone, it would be nice to invite it in your space, pathetic as usual. Brother, just let's be clear. If these guys can come to my spaces, I would not have to do what I do. You know what I mean? Uh, so you don't need to believe me. You can think that I'm just uh, lying, uh, but you will see. And uh, in a few months, you will say, oh, oh my God, GRM alerts. He told us about this. So it's uh, over for me, uh, but I would like to have your opinions. Of course, it's, it's hard because you don't have these uh, uh, messages I received, but maybe, Arno, I know you know a lot of builders too. I'm not the only one to know builders here. And you were, and you are a builder too. So, uh, did you receive such messages? Uh, and did you read or uh, listen to this fear from builders that are afraid of what's happening on Multiverse 6 and their doubts? Are they justified or not, in your opinion? I hope uh, I was clear to stop the, the debate. I did not prepare anything, to be honest. So, um, thank you for your introduction. Um, uh, first of all, I want to say that it saddens me that you receive those kind of messages. Um, I'm going to have, I'm going to say and have an opinion that is, I think, very different from yours. Uh, I'm going to be very harsh with, with builders, um, but I will do so because I have been a builder in Web2 in various different uh, startups as uh, an employee, as a founder. I've had successes. I have failures. I had failures in raising money in front of VCs. I know what it is to crash a company. So now this being said, um, we are in a very specific period of time because we are in the early stages of blockchain infrastructure. As Olivier said just before, the infrastructure is not ready for global scale adoption. What does that mean? It means that in the eyes of the world, blockchain is not ready. So when you're building a business, you have various parameters that are very important for you to be successful as a company. So I'm not, be careful, I'm not saying that you shouldn't build web-free solutions right now. I'm saying that you should be aware that right now the market is playing against you. The market is not ready for broad-scale adoption. So when you arrive with your blockchain solution or product, 
it will not be easy to conquer a market because there are so much parameters that are playing against you. You can go to VCs. VCs will say, they will look up on you and they will think blockchain, Solana halting, Ethereum hacks, etc., etc. It's not ready. I'm not going to risk putting my money in your company now because it's not ready. So there are all those parameters that are playing against the builders. Then there is multiverse X. Multiverse X is a smaller blockchain ecosystem. And there's no doubt saying, you know, it's, it's the data. We have smaller user, daily user numbers on Multiverse X right now. That's for sure. Um, builders have the responsibility of their businesses. If right now you don't have enough users, unless you're building infrastructure, in my opinion, and it is going to be harsh, you have no rights to complain. Because if you're targeting, I don't know, you're building a, a tokenized um, a to tokenization of, of buildings, etc. Your market is not just users on Multiverse X. Your market is people outside in the world interested in investing in buying real estate. So there's no, you don't need to, to, to just target people on Multiverse X. So yes. It's hard. You need to go out there and you need to compete against Web2 solutions that are doing this most likely in a, most, in, in a way simpler way than yourself because right now the infrastructure for account abstraction, technology abstraction on blockchain is not ready. So it's hard. It's hard mode to build on Web3 right now. Of course, if you build a solution on Solana, on Ethereum, you will have a native market of web-free current users that is bigger than on Multiverse X. There's no doubt. So you will most likely get more exposition. So it's maybe easier to do it on those uh, on, on there. But to me, people in your DM that are complaining are people who are stressed, who are um, afraid of failing. And, and it's, a, it's, it's normal. I mean, when you're, when you're a builder, you're facing those risks every day. And I'm not, I'm not saying that those risks are not valid, but I'm saying multiverse X, if you're, if you're the type of company that is addressing a market that is not blockchain infrastructure, multiverse X foundation and the number of users on, on the network are not the real problem here. It's time to look at yourself and also acknowledge, and I've been there, I've, I've failed. I've killed the company. So again, I'm, I'm talking from a position of knowledge here. Look at yourself. You have the ownership of your business. You need to make sure your business is a success. Uh, the foundation, et cetera, et cetera, they're not the ones who control those, those parameters. Thank you, uh, Arno, for, for, for your uh, point of view. Uh, before Joachim, because you know the rule, the new are always prioritized here. We receive uh, Dev. Hello and welcome. Hey, good morning, good evening, everyone. Hello, this is Dirk. Yeah, welcome. Hi, man. Uh, we can't hear you. Okay, you want me to go ahead and yeah. share? Yeah, go, 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 go ahead. Okay, awesome, yeah. I just wanted to jump in quickly and and just share maybe some 
some thoughts or perspective or just reflection on the the post and then how you articulated recently. So, I mean, for me, point blank, point blank period entrepreneurship is hard. So anyone who wants to step, you know, we use the term builder typically in Web3 crypto, but anyone who wants to do something is essentially embarking on this journey of entrepreneurship. So that's incredibly difficult. So I don't know the scope or the background or the, the profile of the folks who have been complaining, but I mean, the reality is if you want to make money quick in Web3, you do L2, you do all these kind of crazy things, liquid restaking, and you'll, you'll be fine, you'll make money, but are you really expanding the pie and trying to build something that's really unique? So uh, the fact that people are struggling and, and wanting to exit the ecosystem in a certain point in time, okay, great, but what's the full story? What's, what's the product market fit of their application? Um, you know, what have they done? Like, what's, what can really the ecosystem do for them? Is the application even fundamentally viable? So, I mean, there's many examples, I don't wanna quote names to where the core application is just not viable. Of course, it's not gonna thrive in any ecosystem, let alone multiverse X. So I, I think for me, yeah, it's a fallacy that just because you do something in crypto, you can be successful and you're gonna have token launches and get funding and VCs. There still needs to be some path to product market fit. There still needs to be a recognition of the challenges of entrepreneurship, which, you know, statistics essentially say over five years, most businesses will fail anyways. And I think that's even more severe in, in crypto. So I, I recognize that people may be frustrated, may have difficulties, may be challenged, but I think they also need to put into perspective the full story and I think that's a much more balanced understanding of the situation. Okay, very uh, uh, interesting point of view. Thank you uh, very much, Faris. Uh, stay with us. Uh, maybe you will uh, want to take the, the mic again after. Joachim, let's go. Yes, yeah, so I want to answer, but uh, there I really liked your, uh, your contribution and you were kind of joining Arna's point. I'm going to kind of like play uh, the devil's advocate in a way by going um, not completely against your opinion, but I want to focus on different aspects. Because as you say, building uh, as an entrepreneur, as a builder, as we call it in Web3, is extremely difficult. And yes, most companies are going to fail. And as you say, like that, that is... Um, a global like truth no matter where you build what you build it's always like the odds are against you as soon as you start building something but i think we're getting a bit um out of the scope of why some builders are being frustrated um in my opinion and it's my opinion only um the when you start building something in web 2 let's say you're using um Amazon Web Services, Google, uh, Google Firebase, um, or IBM, etc. You're using well-documented, extremely established infrastructure to your solutions. You're using something where you can find hundreds, if not thousands, of like YouTube videos about it, um, documentation that has been gone over, over, and over again. That makes it a lot easier. Like building an app 
with um, solutions like that is, I don't want to say a breeze, but it's actually pretty easy. And then you come to blockchain and blockchain is kind of like starting from scratch because you can't use those well-established solutions because we the whole purpose is that we're going against that. We're going against the big guys uh, and we want to use decentralized tools to store data, value, information. And so we're starting from scratch and we get access to documentation that is so much smaller and so little um, stress tested in a way um, compared to established solutions. And that's where I think a part of the frustrations comes from is because I'm going to give an example with Google, for example. If you create a Google, uh, like a Google developer account, you're going to get a thousand dollars in free um, credits. So you can use the cloud computing solutions. You can use the AI solutions. You can all use all those solutions for quite a long amount of time for free. Um, on blockchain, there isn't like it isn't like a paid service, but you still have some limitations through, again, documentation. And part of the frustration comes from that there, that there is not like uh, I don't know if you say it in, in English, but like a carrot, like something that attracts you to come build on a blockchain, and that there is very little um, documentation compared to those solutions, which. And if we take the example of MVX, for example, MVX, if you want to have your um, your app, your website to be comfortable with the hub, you need to use React Native um, or you need to create your own um, adaptable pack to their solution. So if you are not a big fan or don't have the knowledge to do React Native and you're specialized in another form of software um, and coding, you have to adapt to the blockchain to what the blockchain wants you to use and if not you need to go the very hefty way of creating your own package and obviously we have great builders that are helping each other that are sharing but if you were to go on any big platform again amazon google etc no matter the language you're coding in you will have a documentation that will tell you okay there is a package for this you can use this package it would allow you to connect and you won't have to adapt to the blockchain uh, the the solution is already adapted to you. Can I? Uh, yeah, yeah go ahead, uh, Arno. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, jump I, after. I I loved uh, Dare's intervention and I loved uh, Joachim's intervention. Uh, they they both bring uh, a lot to the table. Um, to Joachim's point, um, those frustrations are real because we have real. Um, uh, lacks, you know, the, the, uh, as, as uh, Joachim said, I mean, the blockchain infrastructure is young. So, of course, it's not going to be uh, documented as well documented as businesses that, that are worth hundreds, if not thousands of billions. Uh, there's so much network effect in the dev community in those ecosystems. So, of course, we don't have that yet. And and founders, which whom I respect a lot, because they're trying to come and push blockchain technology by promoting it, by building on it right now, and it's super hard because of the reasons that Joachim just just uh, said. But there's one point that I, I would like to nuance: if you are a builder and you're coming to build on a blockchain because there there is an incentive to do so. 
then in my opinion, you're doomed. You, if, if you're a builder, you're come to build on the blockchain because you see an opportunity to capture and you want to be ahead of the next businesses that are going to come later on. Um, blockchain reshuffles the cards in many industries because you have fundamentals that we didn't have in Web2. It's a new technology, so, so you have new opportunities. You should be aware of that. And as Dare said, of course, um, not, I think it's 80 or 90% of tech startups die in, within the first year. And not even just for um, market, you know, not having a, an addressable market reason. The, the, the number one reason is because between founders, you can have beef. So there's so many things that, can, that are against you when you're building a business. And you add on top the fact that blockchain infrastructure is young. It's fucking hard mode. So respect to the builders, but look, look at the real reasons. Um, building on blockchain is super hard. Yes, building on multiverse sex is, is maybe even harder because the, the, the market is, is smaller. So this is a completely valid point. But you have to, it's always a trade-off. You have some good things on multiverse sex that you don't have on other uh, blockchain networks. So, you know. So I, I'm going to answer that. Um, I, like, I agree, like, um, building on a blockchain is as we were saying, like harder because of se several aspects, but also brings incentives. Because as we've seen, it is, I want to say, to a certain extent, it used to be easier to raise money through Web3 um, by selling a token, selling NFTs, etc., than it would be in the Web2 world where you would have to go to um, VCs or private investors to raise equity here. And it kind of, as you were saying, like with projects failing uh, during the first year in the Web 2 world, and actually in the Web 3 world, it lasts a bit longer because there is kind of like an agonizing because they have funds uh, that weren't due to the fact that they were making revenue, but to the fact that they had raised uh, money. So certain projects have lived longer than they should have lived um, thanks to, well, a form of crowdfunding, right? But for if we take the example of MVX, there isn't that many projects that have attracted uh, new users to MVX. I mean, we could take the and I think part of it is as you were discussing, as you were saying, Arno is account abstraction, which I'll I'll go in more depth later. But there was there was an opium did a very nice intervention in French yesterday and just made a tweet about it in uh, in French. I might translate it uh, later, but. MVX went for the strategy of attracting users when they launched their X exchange, you know, with the $1 billion value um, um, incentive on X exchange that attracted a lot of users uh, if it is through, um, through just through capital. But the problem was once this uh, a few weeks in after they had to change the reward system and made it less attractive, a lot of projects uh, users left and the ones that stayed was just like okay what else can i do on mvx and that's where we came to the statement that like except the exchange there was nothing to do and so we had like an inflow of users but there was no builders that were ready and then they left again 
because there was nothing to do. Or like they're just staying passively and like doing the basics, staking a GLD, having some energy on the exchange, but not participating actively in the ecosystem. And that's where I think, I don't want to say mistake was made, but kind of um, in the fact that now we have projects that have come further uh, in the development that actually have working products that could act, that could attract users. And I'll get to the responsibility of projects to attract users in a second. Um, but there is no use that have stayed. And there is that aftertaste that people came to MVX and left and were just like, okay, I was there. There wasn't much to do. And it stays. First impressions matter. And the first impression uh, MVX gave to a lot of users is there was a massive incentive to make some quick money. Uh, but once that left, there, there okay. was nothing else to do. It's clear. Um, <clears throat> maybe to help you guys, uh, I uh, made a list of the different uh, things um, that people are telling me. And so uh, with this list, it will be maybe easier for you to challenge the the list so first of all it's it was about the uh, complicated communication with the team it's getting better and better but it's still a, a problem when the builders needs some information documentation and uh, uh, any other uh, support uh, it's uh, sometimes complicated. Also, you have the broken promises. So someone from the team will say, okay, we'll do this. And after nothing for weeks. And after, oh, actually, we won't do this. It creates frustration uh, a, 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 um, a, a for, for the builder. Also, of course, no volume, no users, no investors. And about this, uh, of course, we can say it's about uh, builders to create uh, the volume to attract users and to uh, attract uh, investors. But we'll see afterwards that it's not that simple. Uh, also, the blockchain's poor reputation with VCs. Uh, some of them tried to raise funds. And before they even started to pitch the business model, the value proposition and, so, and anything, VCs are asking on which blockchain are you developing? And when you say Multiverse 6, the VCs are not interested because it's not known. Many of them did not even know Elrond, but they uh, uh, know Multiverse 6 even less. So in terms uh, of, of, of awareness, it's pretty much complicated. Uh, also, not attractive enough for developers. Many projects have a big, 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 big issue uh, in uh, recruiting uh, developers and builders cannot build anything without developers. Also, uh, the marketing that makes you think everything's going to be fine, but in the end, it's not. There too, frustration uh, for the builders. Uh, also, someone, some, some, some builders tells me that the team is too busy developing products to create and developer-friendly ecosystem that will attract investors. So sometimes uh, builders would like the foundation to focus on creating this ecosystem uh, with uh, 
partnerships, uh, uh, awareness, uh, marketing with for, for builders and so on, instead of spending hours and hours on export, all of these things uh, that, uh, in their opinion, already work. And okay, so now the core product are here. Please focus on uh, growing. Uh, sorry, I, I give you the full list and take notes uh, if you want, or I will send you in, in private if you need. But so after I will let you the the the, the mic. Uh, also, also some something that we already listened before uh, uh, many times. The team promotes certain players by giving them information and pushing them on the networks which give them an advantage in surviving their market per year. It's, so there too, um, there is a, a, a frustration uh, for some actors that don't uh, uh, receive the same attention, awareness, and information sometimes than others. Last but not least, uh, and it's a very uh, interesting point I, um, I, I was said, uh, there is only one point of entry into the builder's business, the wallet and the GLD token. And these parameters are under the control of the foundation. This means that builders not only have to promote their business, but also uh, the uh, products uh, and uh, the business of Multiverse X. So it's uh, uh, like a two-point um, two, two marketing. Um, so just to let everybody know, uh, the complaint are not just about one thing, but it's an amount of many things that create the frustration. And as we said before on the, on the space, uh, the countdown was a catalyst for this uh, very numerous things that grow uh, these last weeks and months. Um, yeah, uh, Arno. Yeah, so I, I would, um, you know, divide all the, the points that you, the, the, the builders complaints into three categories. There's one category that I will call the builder investor. Um, this is the builder that also has a bag of EGLD. And when uh, you have a, the builder complains about marketing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and, and, and promises not kept. To me, this is a builder that is, has the stress of building and also the stress of his bag, his or her bag, um, being uh, attacked by the bear market and, and, and the performance of the GLD token. Um, so this is one category. And of course, it's not easy to be a builder that has this double uh, stress dose at the same time. Uh, the second category would be, that's life. You know, um, the Multiverse X Foundation hasn't raised uh, 200, 300, 500 million US dollars. This is the way they decided to build. It's, it's their way. And you can't do anything about it. So yes, it's, it's, it's a bugger. And it slows down the fact that you have only one or two dedicated people to handle all the amount of builders uh, on the ecosystem. But, but, but that's the way. Um, I mean, of course, if you complain, if you ask for something and 
instead of taking one day, one business day, it takes a week. Yeah, it's it's a bummer and it's it's not cool. But um, it, it would be hard to imagine that the guys whom the work is to to uh, take care of the ecosystem of builders uh, wanted to fail. So you know, it's it, it's always a matter of of uh, expectation. And and the third category, uh, to me, uh, would be uh, pure and simple, um, uh, not taking ownership of what's what's your responsibility, and the the raising money part. Um, for for instance, I mean, just one day ago, if if you're an early stage builder and you want to do a proof of concept. Um, you can raise money. I mean, just two days ago, one Dex raised two hundred and sixty-five k dollars. I mean, with Drifters, a year ago, the token was exactly at the same price, fifty dollars. We raised three hundred k. I mean, if an NFT collection can do it, you know, people can do it. There is money. I mean, there there are investment vehicles. The launchpad. Okay, it's through the foundation, etc. But it, if you get in there and you manage to get in there, you can get millions. Um, Black Hat Network, etc., etc. You have solutions to 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 get funds. So, to me again, you know, people have to take ownership. Nobody is going to do it for you. Okay. And, uh, yeah. L let's uh, not say again what you said before. But thank you, uh, Arno. Uh, for 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 your point and you know what guys i really love this uh, exchange because it's uh really balanced and i hope you like it too uh joachim let's go yeah so i'll start with the second category uh you talked about the that's life that mvx um raised very little funds compared to other layer ones or even layer two um but I, I think this is too easy, and I'm going to explain why. MVX right now is quite a big team. They have over 100-person staff, which honestly like is gigantic for, 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 I mean, we're past the stage of startup. It's an established company by now. And I have 70 engineers. Yeah, but that, that, that's, that doesn't make, that doesn't count for every, like, every aspect of the company right for example interaction with the with the builders isn't done directly by engineers it's done by uh, like um, other people but anyway um the fun like saying that they only raised that many funds when they started is a fallacy in a way that it's it takes for like it takes if like the growth was like completely platonic like there wasn't like there wasn't any evol evolution since then but obviously each EGLD, which they hold, they hold has gone up in value. Uh, they earn rewards through um, being staking, well, staking providers and validators. Like there, there is revenue that is being generated, and they've even it's been even promoted how much revenue they generate on uh, Romanian newspapers. So uh, you can't say it, it's like saying, oh no, you can't be uh, harsh with Apple because they only start with one million, even if they're worth like even if they're one of the biggest companies in the world. Like what they started with and where they are at today is two different things. MVX is no longer a company that started a few months ago uh, or a year ago 
we're talking about the company that has been around for a while and we've seen we've seen that they've taken incentives and used money where in places that we we could debate so for example uh, for example for um the utk um part of white paper number three or tokenomics number three they did um a twenty thousand dollar giveaway to people who just wrote posts about what the future of utk could be um they gave a hundred e gld i'm not sure if the winner has been picked already too like the the investment is on why you should why egld is a good investment um like there is money that is being spent uh and then those hundred EGLD, i know it has changed but they spent a hundred EGLD on a, a person writing an investment thesis and then only offered two thousand dollars as development as reward for developers during a massive event in denver it has now changed to 20 few thousands which i'm filled about but like it shows for me a, like the wrong priorities i would rather see and same with like the hackathon i'm very grateful for the hackathon we participated i see dance is here too who who took part and we both won prizes and we're extremely grateful for this but like they announced this one like massive one million even though like half of it was the ex launchpad um spot having done those hackathons earlier with lower amounts um would have attracted more builders and again I'm not going to go into the whole how the hackathon took place, but the the thresholds to participate as a, as a as a project were very high, and we saw it with the winners. It was always the same builders um, that won that have been here for a while. I I can't recall a single project that hasn't been here for at least six months that was in the top four um, of each category. So yes, MVX raised very little funds. But I don't think they can. We can use that to excuse them for every single decision that is made. Joachim, I'm not saying it's an excuse. I'm saying it's a fact, and I'm a, I'm in agreement with everything you said. Uh, there are resources being used. Those resources are a fact. The fact that they have this team, the fact that this have they have X amount of people taking care of the ecosystem, it's just a fact, and there's nothing we can do about it. I agree with you, though that the resources that they are allocating in different areas, those completely, we can discuss and we can, we can try to, 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 to make sure that they spend those resources in a, in a place, in, in initiatives that help the builders. I completely agree. I'm just saying that complaining the fact that, uh, oh, Multiverse Sex only has two people um, about uh, taking care of the, the, the whole builders ecosystem yeah, but that's the same rule for everybody. You know, there's just two people. The fact that they have, I don't know, uh, 100K a year for marketing initiatives to push, it's also a fact. Now, how can we help them help builders more? That's completely valid. And I, I agree with this. And they can do better. There's lots of ways they could do better. And we should help them in a constructive way to, uh, you know, um, help builders more. I agree. Okay, um, uh, Joachim, uh, thank you uh, very much, and Arno uh, too. Uh, if uh, guys from the audience, guys or women actually, want uh, to uh, speak or give uh, his opinion, feel free to do it. Uh, let me check the 
comment? Well, actually, there was a misunderstanding with Bitman at the beginning of the space. And when he said, uh, uh, you're talking about people you're not inviting, he was talking about the Multiverse X team that uh, is not around the table and instead, I mean, whereas we speak about them. So there was a misunderstanding and I replied that, of course, uh, I invited them, but they did not follow up. So, yeah, uh, of course, uh, everybody's welcome on, uh, on, on, on GMMVX, uh, but maybe we will, they, they will come in the, in the, in the next one. Uh, okay, um, because we don't have uh, any more comments and because I think we spoke in a balanced way about uh, the different topics, I will thank everybody for joining this morning. Uh, thank you, Arno. I know the 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 your position are not uh, uh, sometimes uh, easy, but thank you very much, my friend, for taking them. Uh, Joachim, thank you also for being uh, on time, almost on time. Uh, I, uh, uh, of course, we need uh, your strength, so feel free uh, when I close the Twitter space to uh, repost it, uh, to allow people to listen to the replay. Also, uh, I mentioned that you can find uh, the replay on the different podcast platforms, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, Apple, Google uh, Podcast, and so on. And uh, see you next week for a new English GMMVX, and we will receive... Uh, uh, oh, we'll receive a launching from Wondex. So it will be uh, very uh, interesting. Uh, and uh, for the French people here, see you on Friday for a new GMMVX. We will receive the co-founder of Ternoa blockchain. So it will be also very, very exciting. Uh, have a very good day and uh, take care of yourself. Bye. We'll receive a launching from Wondex. So it will be uh, very uh, interesting. Uh, and uh, for the French people here, see you on Friday for a new GMMVX. We will receive the co-founder of Ternoa blockchain. So it will be also very, very exciting. Uh, have a very good day and uh, take care of yourself. Bye.